Have you ever listened to anything or watched something and it just made you feel like you were tripping, but you were sober? Like you felt like you took acid or shrooms, but you didn't. You just felt like you were tripping in that moment. Well, that's what this episode is going to be like. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Hiding in the Dark. It is I, your host, B. Hardison, the hardest of the odds, the father of Richard Dick Hardison. I don't really have a kid, but if I had a son, his name would be Richard Hardison. That way I could call him Dick, because that would just be fucking comical. He may hate me for the rest of his life, but at least I'd get a life of enjoyment and fulfillment. So fuck it. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you strap in your chairs or seatbelts. That way you don't get lifted off into the psychedelic world of hiding in the dark. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, it's me, your host, B. Hardison. Tonight I have with me Matthew Shelton and Amber Joe Simpson. How are we doing, guys? Good. <laughs> what's up, man? What's up? What's up? What's Hello. up? What's up? I love the ambiance. Yeah. We've already talked about this, but I fucking love the ambiance in here. Thank you. I wanted to make it was my life's mission to make to have a place that. Uh, Made a nun clutch her crucifix whenever she came in the room. That was, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. That was my that's my dream. <laughs> this is what I've always wanted. I've always just wanted a house that was. Uh, everywhere you look in here, you see something else that just kind of redirects your attention from the last thing that blew your mind. And that sounds really egotistical to say that, but that's not <laughs> what I'm trying to say. It's just like I'm, I wanted to make it my life's mission to have like the Willy Wonkas of homes yeah yeah seriously if i could have little oompa loompas in here jumping out at you when you walk down the hallway i would fucking do it but i think there's like an osha violation or something i don't know it definitely it doesn't it doesn't get um boring in here there's always something to look at you know and um there's always something happening too yeah so yeah and um the pieces kind of uh I guess de- depending on my moods, they, they look different on different days, you yeah. know, or like when the light hits them differently or so I like to, sometimes I, I mentioned to him earlier that the funny, the Quentin Tarantino meme where he's just like standing in different rooms. <laughs> that's, that's me a lot. Like, I'll just be standing in here just staring. At pieces on the wall. I'll walk in here and <laughs> it, it will look like that last scene in the Blair Witch where the where the, you know the camera f- focuses on the corner and the girl standing in the corner. <laughs> we're fucking back to the camera, and it looks like she's like put herself in timeout. So, I, <laughs> so like, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot yeah. we own that. Just, Holy shit. I'm, I just quietly stare for 20, 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. <laughs> It's so easy to do, though. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. There really is. Like, you can just get engulfed into one thing, and then you, like, start to think, and you're, like, whatever that makes you feel. And you're, like, look at another one, kind of like what you were saying. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. And you just, like, get caught on another piece. I could so easily, like... And it dominoes. Yeah, absolutely. Because, of course, there are the statement pieces, you know, you can get lost in. But then you look down, and it's like there's little spooky trinkets and things you know like, yeah, they got hands coming out from underneath the furniture over yeah there. yeah i definitely saw that yeah <laughs> i definitely saw that i thought that was intriguing we yeah. have uh we have these high ceiling rafters so what i wanted to do i had this giant 
this giant Rubbermaid storage tote full of um, little dolls. little old baby doll heads, Thank not just like dolls. like Kenner dolls and mm-hmm. shit like that. I'm yeah. talking about the old school baby doll heads that had the fucking they were stuffed with straw. Yes, those old okay. school Great yeah. Depression. Yeah, yeah and they like, were pretty. They were pretty gnarly, pretty messed up. Yeah, they like were fucked up. They lived a hard life. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to stash. And- I wanted to stash them all up there, staring down at you. Just yeah. little shit. But I was like, man, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> fucking landlord comes yeah. in here. I'm in Western we State. Did, we didn't get that far, and then and then uh, we wound up. We gave away the babies. Yeah, we yeah. kept one, didn't we? Did we not? Did we get rid well, of all of them. I kept some of the parts <laughs> from some of them, <laughs> and like some of them, some of the heads were um, um, Shirley Temple. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, but, I, mean, I kept uh, some parts from a few exes too. They're somewhere around here. I don't know. So look, man, it's, it's nice to finally fucking meet you. Man. Absolutely, bro. Yeah. It really is. Absolutely. I, I'm kind of offended that you that you thought I was just like fuck off. No, man. Look, oh. <laughs> it's uh, look. Whenever you're in this business for so long and you're doing this art shit for so long, you catch so many people that are gonna pay you next Friday. Yeah. You get what I'm going with? Yeah. That? It's like, man, I really love this. I really want this. I'm going to pay you next Friday. And then next Friday rolls around, and next thing you know, you're blocked for no apparent reason. That kind of shit. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, whenever yeah. somebody says, oh, yeah, man, we're going to do this tomorrow, I'm always like, all right, fuck you. If you really wanted to do it, you do it right now. Yeah. And that's just, and it's nothing personal, but it's just, yeah. That's how I am. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I'm not going to put off until tomorrow what I can get done today. That's fair. Fuck that. Yeah. So, like, whenever you. You didn't come around. I was just like, I tell you the funny thing. Yesterday, the day when you, the day that you got a hold of me the other day, and you said you wanted to do the podcast, when I told you I was actually thinking about you, right before you messaged me. It's uh-huh. a true story, man. I was sitting there and I was laughing. I was at work and I was doing something and I was laughing because I was humming your fucking name to the tune of Stan. Like, like <laughs> I swear to God, I was, <laughs> I was like. I was, I was like, Blake, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left my page with my cell phone and my home moaned at the bottom. I was like, I was laughing my ass off because I thought it was funny, man. <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden I look at my phone and it was you. I said, God damn, now I got to say I'm sorry. <laughs> he don't even know I'm mad, but now I got to apologize to him. Fuck him. Like, How am I going to let a stranger put me in some fucked up spot like this? Gotta write an apology letter and everything. <laughs> this is a, this is worth it. Absolutely, I'm so happy that we did this already. But, whoo, that was great. Man. That was awesome. Great way to get started. Absolutely, man. It's it's the truth, but it's like it's it's for real. Whenever you do this shit long enough, and I think a lot of people have a misconception about me that like I'm an asshole or that I'm this or that I'm that. But the truth is, is like between the two of us, I'm all business. Okay. All the fucking time. Yeah. Even whenever I'm joking, I'm planning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that, like we talked about earlier on the phone, whenever you run your way back from your trip, I said, I said, you don't make it doing, and I'm not implying that I've made it. I don't believe I'm Picasso or any kind of crazy yeah. shit like that, but I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason that I've done as well as I have is because I don't fucking stop. That's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how it works though. It and is. yeah. You're right. And, like, I was hoping, like, when I was, like, bro, like, because I wasn't the one driving. Yeah. And I was just, like, bro, like, I, 
I'm trying to get back, bro. Like, I got shit to do. Right. And uh, and we're still playing in Paducah two hours away. It's like 6, 30, 7 o'clock. Oh, right. you're all the way over there. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, bro, I got shit to do. Like, I need to get the fuck home. <laughs> right. And then I was looking at the time. I fell asleep in the car. And I was like, bro, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> and I was like, well. I hope they're not going to bed because I'm really excited for this fucking podcast. Man, right. no, I'd stay up all night. Right, okay. um, right. No, we were off tomorrow anyway. Um, yeah. And I would have stayed up. Hell yeah. yeah. I would have stayed up. And you and I, we've been kind of doing this whole phone tag thing for so fucking long. I said, I finally got your ass on the line. I'm not going to throw your ass back in the water now. <laughs> right. Fuck that shit. Man, right. I'm a busy dude. I apologize, man. No, look, it's actually funny you mentioned that, man, because look, here's the thing. Like, I was, I've been, like, I've been. I've been stalking your ass for a bit, <laughs> and uh, and I have a say I'd probably be more more attractive if you had a pussy. But like, That's fair. yeah. So like, I've been following you for a while, and what's nuts is like this is true. You actually fucking inspire me because it's I'm seeing this. I'm seeing you every day. Like this this is his regimen. It's fucking nuts. He wakes up at seven o'clock, does yoga for for seven hundred hours. Then he gets up and makes an egg frittata, and oh, then shit. and then that's at eight thirty. And then at nine o'clock, he's made six fucking apple pies to feed the homeless. He's taken four fucking photo opportunities with six Girl Scout you know, squads or whatever. And then he's at the gym. He's been at the gym for three hours. He's already gained seven pounds of muscle mass in forty five fucking minutes. And then when he's done with that, he's wrote six fucking poems. And then he's had two podcasts. And I'm just sitting on. I'm like, I'm eating a sandwich at work. Right. Feeling guilty as hell about the about the sandwich, and I'm like, man, I, I just need to quit. <laughs> this fucking guy. Man, I'm glad that I inspire you, and I hate that you have such a wrong fucking version of me inside your head. <laughs> man, I wake up at 9:45 oh, and go to work at 10:45. Uh, I do spend like three hours at the gym. See, um, see, I do write a lot when I can. But, I mean, as an artist, you know, like, it comes in spurts, man. Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, I don't know how different it is to put paint on a canvas. For you guys that don't know, we haven't even gone over this because we've already <laughs> gotten so deep into things. Uh, they are artists, if you guys haven't figured that out. Um, I'm not exactly sure what you guys would call yourselves. They make wonderful fucking art. It's fucking gorgeous and great. And if you haven't checked it out, Thank there you. will definitely be links in the comments or description of the uh, podcast that you guys can check out and I'll even throw a little picture in there that way you can see some gorgeous fucking artwork. Well throw one of pictures of one of her pieces in there so we'll actually get a customer. Oh shit. Oh gosh. Fuck. All right, all right. Well that's that's a game plan. I could definitely do that. I'll send you some shit. Um so what exactly like what exactly what do you guys do? Me? I sit around and make up wrong schedules for your life. That's what I <laughs> no. Um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go first. No, I've talked enough. You do your oh thing. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, my first love, artistically, would be photography. Like all these these. Print the bigger prints on the walls. Yeah, all of those, those are, are those are all mine. Some of mine, but those are uh, awesome. Thank you. Very, uh, very good. Those are just happen to be the only ones printed, but um, 
uh, I've only I've only been painting though acrylic on canvas. Uh, May of last year. Yeah, like a year, I yeah. guess. No, nine months. Yeah. Um, and my style is just I, I get I guess you would call it just flow, mm-hmm. flow, poor painting, um, fluid art. Um, I just I basically just. Um, Put it down and just let it do its thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to, su- to sum it up, um, usually I'll I'll layer my paints in a cup and let it let it flow. But uh, I seen that I was watching when I was doing my research today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I seen the time lapse video. I think. Oh, um, and there, or it was just it was in the cup, and then yeah. you guys had just pulled it up. I had, yeah, and I, I had noticed I, that. Yeah. yeah, I did a, I did a, a, a flip cup. That was a flip cup. Um, there are definitely many different ways to execute just the the flow paintings, and and like that one was just I had layered it in my cup, flipped the cup upside down, let it all just flow out. Um, and then lifted it, of course, uh, mm-hmm. and let it do its thing. And then tilted, you know, to get it to cover the canvas. That that piece actually was, uh, yeah, that was a monstrosity. That, actually, I hit that fucking that, thing before you got here. He, really? he literally did. <laughs> I was very intrigued, too. Like, just, yeah. like, watching the video, and I was like, because I... I remember seeing it because it was just, like, so eye-catching. Yeah. And I was like, because, I mean, I'm just, like, an out-of-the-box person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, like, when I seen that, I was like, that's, like, dope. Yeah. It It just caught my eye. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun, that's a fun way. I don't do flip cups very often, um, but um, it definitely, it looked cool, you know, at first. Yeah. But... Uh, my consistencies, my di- all my different colors in the cup were not the same across the board. Okay, and it just it, it killed the piece. Once I started to tilt and move it around, yeah, it made a shit bomb. It looked like Baghdad. It, it's oh, one. Of, it's honestly one of the worst that I've done in a long time. But um, I a lot of the time I forget like what technically the different styles are called mm-hmm. besides like you know like foot cup and like there's dutch traditional and- yeah dutch pours tree ring pours um because i don't usually call them by names like that and like those, the, those like are boxes yeah yeah I, out of the I box just, people i just call it whatever you know like like the dutch pour is the is the the style where they, you know, put their base color down and then they pour their um, blowout colors that they're they're going to, you know, blow out mm-hmm. with, their, with your mouth or your hair dryer or whatever. I just call those blowouts. I don't call those Dutch pours, yeah. you know, because I just, it's, that's the meat and potatoes is blowing it out. But, yeah. But there's, there's a lot more um, preparation involved in the way that I paint than in the way that he paints. He's able to spend a lot more time because he's going straight from the bottle. And Mm -hmm. I usually, um, depending on which style I'm doing, I have to really 
like put you know additives in my paint and make sure my consistency is just right and all that so I wind up spending an hour on the the prep work and then like five minutes on the painting yeah it's it's bizarre <laughs> but it's still a lot of fun you know and I'm learning all the time I'm researching all the time I like to watch people on YouTube all the time mm-hmm. paint there are certain ones that I really admire, but um, but really, um, I had been before I I had met him. I had been wanting to paint like that. I yeah. s- some I can't remember a, a video um, just happened to pop up on my you know YouTube my recommended. Um, that caught my eye of somebody doing that style, the style, the flow painting. And, um, I, I watched it and I was just like blown away. I was like, this is, this is magic. What is this? This is crazy. I want to do this. So then I fell down a major rabbit hole of just watching her videos just back to back to back and other people doing the same styles and whatnot. And then... And, you know, researching it and learning um, how to do it. And um, and then, uh, but I, I just, I never, like, you know, jumped into it myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I never got started. But then, fast forward, we got together. Okay, he happens to be, you know, a painter for several years. Um, his whole life, pretty much. And um, we, uh, fast forward, we got our place here, and we got his paint table back, and got got our setup going, got the paints going. And um, I, it still hadn't occurred to me, though, to, like, jump into it for mm-hmm. some reason. It was just like, we're going to get you set back up, you know, babe. You're going to get painting again. and But he encouraged me to, you know, just go for it. Yeah. And mess around. And um, so I did. I finally started doing what I've been watching other people do. Yeah. Um, for so long. And my first little bitty one on like a little 8 by 10 Got a hundred and twelve fucking likes. Um, yeah, like people were really digging it, and oh, yeah. somebody wanted to buy it, and then it it just rolled, you know. Ever since yeah. we've, we've just been, I've been chugging along. Who bought that? Was it Victoria? Yeah, it was, was it Victoria. Victoria. Shout out to Victoria Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> she was my first customer. Hell yeah! Hell yeah. Yeah. So. Well, congratulations! On Thank you. We, jumping we, into that endeavor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, he's on me all the time. He's like, baby, you need to get in there and paint. Get that ass up and paint. Dude, I'll be staring at the fucking wall. The wall's and not going to pay your bills. And then I, <laughs> I like, huff, and I go paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Matthew, what about you? What's up? She talked about hers? All right. What would you, what would you say that you do? I make a giant fucking mess, and sometimes people buy it. That's it. I'll tell you the truth, man. Look, I've been painting for years. And um, I started the Neon Nosebleeds thing back in 2000 and 
official name was back in 2017, but I've been painting off and on for years. My dad, he was in a, he was in and out of prison my entire life, and the one thing that he could do was draw. When you're sitting in a fucking cell, you don't have anything else to do, so what do you do? You practice, 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 practice. Yeah. So he got very good at what he was doing, and then for whatever reason, that was like the one good genetic trait that I got from him was was half-assed artistry. Yeah. It was, I mean, sure. it was. Um, man, the, there's no, like, there's no real magic formula, honestly. I just, I've always done this shit. I did this, I never did any of this with the expectation of ever selling anything. Yeah. Same. I did all of Same. this just to, look, here's what's weird about it, man. Selling and having, selling art and people loving your work and people actually putting money back to pay for your work and people all those little blue thumbs and those little heart reacts and all those all those superficial things mm-hmm. those things are great but they're it's it's a fringe benefit of why I really do this shit yeah i could get up tomorrow and still do this if nobody ever looked at it again sure. because i yeah. do this there's something there's something inside of me that has to get out mm-hmm. there is I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I don't know if it's indifferent. All I know is that there's something inside of me that's churning my very insides, and I have to get up every single fucking day, and I have to do something, and I have to be better at whatever it is that I'm obsessing with than I was Mm -hmm. the day before. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I have to get up and, like, um, like, for instance, whenever it comes to this whole business thing, like, she'll even tell you I'm the one that handles... Most of the business side of all this stuff. Absolutely. He is the business head part like, of it. I'm, I'm yeah. the one that, like, tracked you down. I'm the one that's entering our stuff yeah. in museums. I'm the one that's getting us in. Uh, yeah. I'm the one that's, like, really pushing for us to have our stuff in stores. And you just got uh, accepted into that, was it magazine? Yeah, in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. That's sick. Cool that's about. super mm-hmm. sick. Like, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank, thank you, man. That's dope. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Will Evans for that one, man, because he, um, yeah. it was his idea. He was like, man, look, I know you're going to kill this if you get into it. And I was like, yeah. you just need to breathe. Calm down. We don't, I'm not, <laughs> kill, maybe I might take out a kneecap, but I'm not kill that <laughs> Yeah. But he was, he turned me on to yeah. that and he said, I know he you'll do really great. He was really encouraging. And yeah. um, last year, I did a write-up for um, a publication in the in the United Kingdom. Okay. So I, I was published in the United Kingdom last year, and um, I've been in I've been in a bunch of shows, and I've um, it's not my first rodeo. I've yeah, been doing yeah, this shit for, for sure. a while. Mm-hmm. But um, it's my first rodeo. It is. <laughs> yeah, I was very, very, very adamant about getting her doing this. Yeah. Because yeah. she said she wanted to do it. I said, "Well, what's stopping you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do it." You know. You may be the next yeah. whoever. Yeah. Or yeah. you may be the first Amber Joe Simpson. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I definitely that. I definitely did not anticipate um, anybody being interested in paying for my art. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely I just so it's like like he just touched on, just needing that outlet. Yeah. I um I'm the same way. There's something in me that that I that needs to get out. And if I am not able to have a creative outlet, I don't fare well mm-hmm. <laughs> as a person, as a being. Um, so 
and I and I've kind of been out of the game for too long now with my photography. Um, That's going to change. So I definitely, and I had never dabbled in painting before. I've I've not really. I don't want to say that I've never had access because, of course, I could have gone to Walmart and grabbed a canvas and some of their paints or, or whatever and just done the thing. But, like, my my background, you know, I, I didn't really have art classes. You know, I'm, I'm from a little country town, mm-hmm. you know, and no one in my family was artsy really i i'm definitely kind of the uh the little weirdo yeah of the family and she comes from a uh good old southern boy good old southern yeah. values bocephus has fallen off the stage again tonight kind of family yeah. yeah i mean my my i'm the youngest of four and you know my my two older brothers you know they farm and and do stuff like that you know they they've got chickens and you know <laughs> out there out in the country and and um serious i'm just i've never been like that i've just kind of always i've not i i wouldn't say i was like the city kid but mm. i was not exactly the the country kid of the family either you know i definitely was dressing weird and listening to the weird music i'm not really a fan uh, i'm picky about country music you know yeah. and so um yeah so i just there was just never, I guess, really a, a platform, I, I guess, um, for me to just, like, bounce off of, I guess, mm-hmm. um, until until he came around um, and we got, we got the studio set back up. And so now it's just, it's at my fingertips. So now there's no, there's no excuse to not get in here and paint, yeah. for sure. Whoop. Sorry. <sighs> yeah, it was... Um... And he boosts me all the time. He promotes the shit out of me, as I'm sure, you know, you have seen. On, on he's he's boosting me all the time on Facebook, posting my stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and and uh, pushing me, which I do appreciate. Well, yeah, because I mean, your stuff does sell. You your stuff is priced lower. For sure, it, it's it's a little more tangible. Yeah, her stuff is more moderately priced for people, and it's usually just about a hundred percent smaller in size. He's his forte is the big, the big canvases, yeah. you know, and that's not always attainable for people, yeah. you know, yeah. around here. But and um, and they're uh, psychedelic. They're wild. Mine are a little bit more tame. Yeah. My stuff's a little bit more off the rails than hers. I, that's right. Just, yeah, like that big-ass one behind you. That's yeah. the mountains one. Yes. I love that one. Yeah. Thank you so I much. absolutely love that piece. I've been waiting for it to come about so I can ask about it. <laughs> no, yeah. Man. There it is. Um, I fucking love that piece. Um, you know what's weird? It's, it's so it's, aesthetically pleasing. The it's last just, shit, the last three pieces have been the most popular pieces I've ever done. Really? It's weird. Mm-hmm. It just keeps. It's like it keeps ascending and ascending and ascending. Hell yeah! But it's it's to the point now where it's almost funny because I've been doing it for so fucking long. Like, right. I'm ready to just give up, and people are just now catching on. Yeah, isn't right. that funny how it's, that shit works? It, yeah. it is yeah. because like I've got people messaging yeah. me, man. 
and they're like, I'm so proud of what you're doing. And, and there's a, and I love that. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound like some cynical prick or anything because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sound like that. I'm just very aware of how I sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for but sure. But it's like it. I've got people messaging me all the time saying, hey, man, I'm so proud of you and all this stuff. And, and like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well... I've been doing this shit for 13 fucking years. You've had the same Facebook account as long as I have. Like, why are you? And they're like, I want one of your pieces before you make it big and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, fuck you. Yeah. Just buy one. Buy one, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, fuck, you want a handout so you can sell it on eBay after I blow my brains out? Fuck you. You know? It's fair. Artistically. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Fuck you. Make a statement. Yeah. No, I get what you were... um, Touching base on what you're saying about like something inside of you, and I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but like for me, it's like I feel like it's a like trying to connect with people mm-hmm. in a weird way, yeah. Like yeah. that's or at least yeah. like I said with my writing, that's that's what I strive for. Like I yeah. write about either like not like everything's not my experience, obviously, because I'm sure you guys as artists know that not everything is about like what you're experiencing. Right. However. But, even though it's not, what makes it a universal language is the fact that somebody else can relate to it and from their absolutely. language. And that's in every single piece that I write is exactly that. I structure it somehow to relate to other people yeah. because that's all we really want to do is relate to somebody the way that yeah. somebody related to us with their art, whether it be music, yeah. you know, pictures, yeah. paintings, poems, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. There's this, um, it's not a proverb. It's, it's a, there's this Buddhist, there's a, there's this Buddhist passage that talks about the pain body and what the pain body essentially represents is the core part of you that is unhealed and dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Now the pain body represents all of the trauma inside of you. Now, so I said that to say that, to say this, like there's this part that there's this one Buddhist lecture that I listened to where he is discussing this pain body and how it affects everybody through empathy, even though mm-hmm. the pain itself is on the individual. Like for instance, um, when somebody looks at you and says, man, I feel your pain. And that's the reality is that's horseshit. I can't feel your pain. Only you can feel your pain. Mm -hmm. But the truth is what I'm feeling is the pain that I haven't dealt with that I understand relates to you on a personal level. Because even though I'm not feeling your very pain, I understand it because I felt a pain that I feel I can relate to you with. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a uh, good friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Kenny. Uh, we went to college together at Murray. She's one of like the best people I've ever met. But uh, I used to always hear her say like she would talk about she couldn't feel exactly what the person was feeling, but mm-hmm. she was like, I, I can tell you that I felt the same way in my own personal, yeah. personal way. Yeah. You know, and that I remember when we were in college because you know at a young age like that you don't really think about a broader spectrum. Yeah. But, you know, she said that one day, and it just stuck with me. I was like, shit. Like, that really is, like, true. Yeah, 100%. You know? yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely true. It's yeah. one of the things that's so... It's one of the great mysteries. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. You, you say, well, it's not really all that mysterious, but, yeah, it is. It fucking is. It really <laughs> is. 
Absolutely. Yeah. The fact that like we can go like people can go through so many different tragedies and just like fucked up things in life but they could still relate to another person that has gone through similar things yeah not exactly the same but you like you said feel their pain like you know what it feels like to be fucked over whatever the fuck it is you know yeah um i've i've had um a couple buddies pass away and i've had a couple of buddies over the years that have gone through a lot of you know this and that and the basic shit that everybody goes through and um i am always the last person to reach out to them mm-hmm. and i just say well, that's fucked up they're supposed to be your friend right like, no just hear me out like i don't reach out to people as soon as something happens to them because the only thing that i have to offer is words yeah and 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 everybody can say i'm sorry i'm praying for you but i mean at that moment like if that's all i have to offer i'm really not doing you anything yeah like what right I, like like as fucked up as it sounds but like what the fuck am i gonna do with a prayer yeah yes you know? yes yeah is that yes. the same prayer that equates to the prayer that i gave last night that was supposed to keep this very thing from happening mm-hmm. you know what right. i mean like right like you put two dollars down beside each other aren't they supposed to equal the same fucking thing yeah that kind of far out concept yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I remember seeing some, I was watching, I think it was, um, his name's Daniel Sloss on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but he is, uh, it's a stand-up, and he's fucking comical, and I'm not big on stand-ups, but I watched it with uh, some buddies of mine, and I remember him saying that, you know, when his friend's, like, father died, you know, he would hear, like, everybody, like, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm like, why? Like, did you did you do something? <laughs> yeah. Is there something that I should question? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's, like, the worst fucking thing you could say right. to somebody. I'm sorry for your loss. Right. Well, it's one of those things that people do because of social etiquette that they've been right. taught that that's the appropriate thing to do. But you can tell when people right. do it that a lot of these people haven't really, like, really dwelled in critical thinking. Because, like, I'm sorry for your loss. Well, who the fuck wouldn't be sorry? Yeah, no shit. Like, like dude, yeah. I'm sorry for you. Like, look, my brother committed suicide last April. And it was the first time, and this, this sounds, I sound really fucking miserable saying this. And I don't mean to. I'm just trying to get my point across. But when my brother killed himself, I heard from people that I hadn't heard from in 15 years Mm -hmm. people track down my fucking phone number to call me to say hey i'm sorry and i'm like thanks yeah thank you it was my inbox was full of all these people who loved me and all this stuff but i couldn't remember the last time i could ask them for a fucking favor yeah 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 and it's just fuck but yeah exactly it's a it's a social etiquette and it's fucked yeah I don't need you to tell yeah. me that you're sorry that these things happened to me. Hell, I'm sorry they happened to me. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's one of those weird things where I would rather just not speak and be able to pre- present myself in the present moment to be of an actual, useful, tangible help to you in any way. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, if um, yeah. you're distraught 
and you're you're going to be immobilized. You're going to be in bed. You're you're grief stricken. You know, if I can come over and cook for you, or if I can come over and clean your house, if I can come over and do your dishes, yeah. if I can come over and do something that's going to help you to lessen the burden of growing shit that's on your shoulders at that moment, yeah, that's how I will show you that I'm sorry. Because words don't mean shit. Yeah, correct. They don't. You know, they really don't at all. At all. And so, you know, I could say I'm sorry all day long, but that's great. You're sorry. Okay. You're sorry? Show me that you're sorry. How are mm. you sorry? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was saying, like, right before you said that, like, instead of, you know, I'm sorry for your loss or whatever the fuck bullshit phrase they want to say, you know, it should be literally right before you had said that, uh, I was thinking, like, what can I do for you? Exactly. Yeah. You know? Like you said, yeah. like, what can I do to take that weight off yes. of your shoulders? Yeah. It, can I make you laugh? Is that going to make it better? Yeah. Because that's usually my thing. Yeah. Like, I like to make people laugh. Like, I'll just, yeah. you know, just like a stress situation. I'm just like saying some ridiculous shit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah. What can I do for you? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, I don't think people realize that. Like. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean those words. They mean absolutely nothing. And if you're if you're truly sorry and you're truly feeling this form of whatever mental repentance or whatever the fuck it is that you're thinking at the time, you know, be of help. Mm-hmm. The best way that I can the best way that I could describe it is like this: be the physical force that helps to reinstate faith in the person who's at that moment losing faith. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know. Mm-hmm. And. It's a hard thing to do. It's kind of like I was talking to somebody the other night. They messaged me, and I'm not going to go into detail about that because I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw your secrets out there. Correct, plain, plain and simple. <laughs> but I was talking to somebody about some shit that they were going through, and they're a dear friend of mine. And um, we were talking, and they were like, "Man, I really want to talk." They were they were basically beating around the bush. They wanted to talk about it. They knew that they wanted to talk about it. They knew that I would listen if they talked about it. Mm-hmm. But they just didn't want to say it. Yeah. It's like whenever the movie's loading and it's at 99% and it just <laughs> won't fucking start. Just fucking buffers. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's where it was at. Like, I was sitting at the phone and, and my phone was buffering. I was like, this motherfucker. But, so anyway, I was like, just say it, motherfucker. And then he told me all this stuff and then he got quiet. Mm. And, um. I was like, look, man, I said, everything that you tell me is going to stay between us. I said, people don't realize that faith at times is an action word and also that faith is, it's a tangible act between two Mm -hmm. individuals. Like in that moment, you being the representative have the ability to restore somebody's faith Mm -hmm. in humanity. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if I, if you place me in a position, if I am placed in a position by the universe or whatever the fuck it is that's guiding us, if there's anything guiding us, yeah, it's not just whatever. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> but, yeah. but if I have the potential at that moment to be a beacon of light for somebody in darkness, why would I want to go out of my way to bring them to the light only to turn the light off at the last moment? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck that, man. I, church, church with Matthew Shelton. And we even got the stained glass. Yes. Um, no, man, like, I completely get that. Um, I, when I was in college the first time, I went to Murray State two different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time was um, 2011, 2012. Did you get kicked out the first time? What the no, we're actually about to go over it, man. We're about to go over it. Um, in January... 
No, 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 no. It was February. In uh, February, a buddy of mine in Evansville who was a firefighter got in a uh, like work-related accident and passed away. Mm. Um, six or no, in April, a girl that I was uh, seeing at the time, we weren't actually dating, got in a car wreck and died. Damn. So I moved back home. Then two months later after that, one of my buddies got shot and killed. All within oh. a, like seven months span. Yeah. So I was like, bro. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. And talk about like darkness. Yeah. And when I say darkness, and I don't take anything away from people that see like this, like, but there was never, I have like so much life into me to give. Mm-hmm. Like there was never a point where I was so dark that like I thought about ending it. You know, like, and that doesn't take anything away from people that have or do, you know, that's just me personally. But like, I was in a very dark place in 2012 and I love my father to death. He's one of my best friends, but he is not an emotions person. Yeah, And so the whole time he had like no idea what to do. And like me and my mom weren't close at the time. So it was just like. All of my friends were so shell-shocked, and, like, my family was shell-shocked. Yeah. It was like, I don't know what to do for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I <laughs> don't know what to do for me either. Yeah. I'm just trying to make it through. Yeah. And there were so many days. Like, I didn't even work for, like, months. And I would just wake up, take a shower, yeah. sit in the shower, sit there. And then I would just do the same shit for days. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's fucking sucked. So, like you said, like, just being, like, that person, like, I always try to make people, like, not have a shitty day. Yeah. You know, and, like, with me yeah. being a coach, too, that... I can reach out to so many kids. Like, yeah. I have, I've had kids that have had rough lives. You know, I actually gave a player of mine a poem from one of my books the other day because it was uh, it. I felt like it could have spoke to her based on what it was and her going through her home life. And I didn't even tell her it was me. I just said, hey, I read this in a book and I wanted to give it to you. Yeah, that's awesome. And then so I'd asked her, I was like, what did you think about that? And she's like, I loved it. And then I was like, it's mine. (laughs) And so she's just like, she was so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." And she was like so confused for a second yeah and i was what? like yeah like that's mine and she was like because it was like my books are on both like poems are on both sides of the paper yeah. yeah so i just like put a star on it i was like this is the one that like i want you to read and she yeah. said she read the other one too and that she had loved it as well Fuck yeah! but awesome. you know i just tried to like even with writing or just like being a decent fucking human being yeah you know just like try to connect with people like yes. if that person is having a shitty day whether it's just they fucking spilled their coffee and it ruined their day like yeah if I can make them laugh and just make it somewhat better, like, why the fuck would not do that? Yeah. You know, because when I'm having a bad day, I, I want somebody to try to fucking make my day better. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, common fucking decency. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yes. So common just being, decency. just being at, like, generously, or not even generously, like, genuinely yes. nice to someone, like, it's it not goes, that fucking hard. It's not, and it goes a long way. It does. Way. It does. Yeah, I think I think there's a poem in my newest book. It's um, I think it says a helping hand. Um, helping hand lives longer. I'm probably fucking it up. Helping <laughs> hand lives longer than you think. Yeah. You know, 
It does. 100%. Mm-hmm. It does. It Absolutely. goes back to that, what I was saying about like that one moment can restore faith in somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, Absolutely. So it's essentially, yeah, it's the exact same thing yeah. that we're talking about. And it's, it it's really true. One, um, one interaction. You yeah. Know? Like I had gotten to a point there for a while because um, I don't like doing commission work. Mm-hmm. At all, and and the whole bare bones, transparent, honest to god truth is because I can't fucking stand dealing with customers. Yeah, I can do the promotion thing all day as long as the customers on the other side of the wall. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And I, it sounds mm-hmm. terrible to say that, but it's the truth. So like, I don't like doing commission work. I paint what I want to paint when I want to fucking paint it because I'm the one fucking doing it. I'm the one fucking taking the risk. I'm the one buying the fucking supplies. Mm-hmm. I'm the one paying for the advertisement. I'm the one doing all that shit. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if I'm the one who's going to have the, the barrel pointed at him, so to speak, I am going to be the one that, that I'm going to do what the fuck I want. Correct. And if yeah. somebody wants to buy it, that's great. And if they don't, that's great too. So there for a while, I was just putting out just a bunch of just random stuff not and i had i didn't think that any of it was going to sell i never even gave it a chance to sell most of it i didn't even promote most of it some of it i didn't even post online Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i just it was just i would just start giving the shit away to people and the reason i was doing that was because a lot of the people that are really the biggest fans of our work are the people that can't afford it Mm -hmm. i feel that especially Mm -hmm. my work Mm -hmm. yeah her work, yeah. My work is a little bit more expensive. Yeah, it's for a sure. lot more time consuming. There's a lot a more. A lot that goes. more paint. Yeah, yeah. Since oh, I could fucking believe it. Yeah, yeah. That Since one he... took was like a that one was like 120 ounces of paint. Yeah. Yeah. Since he's going straight from the bottle, he Correct. he uses the bottle like it's his brush, just lays it, and um, I mean I I use a lot of paint, but. I'm able to kind of cheat a little bit. I have products available to me um, that help extend my paints. Yeah, she yeah. can take two yeah. fluid ounces of paint and turn it into eight fluid ounces of paint if she adds an additive to it. I don't yeah. have that luxury. Yeah, yeah. exactly, and, exactly. Uh, because definitely, um, I have. I I also have a lot more leeway, I guess, with the um, consistency and you know, the, the, the fluidity of my paints. Um, but his particular style, like his is a little more strict. His paints need to be a more, more of a specific, um, yeah. Mine are shape, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hers is the just national like guard. Mine's the Navy seals. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Just like across that. the like board. The way mine that, is, uh, you have to be standing. Yeah. Perfectly yeah. straight. Mine, mine. Or I'm gonna punch you. It's that kind of shit. Like. You know, like like I said, it definitely depends on. Okay, if I'm if I'm doing a, a blowout, that needs to be pretty, almost like water, pretty much. Like you know, uh, I can get away with that. If I'm doing a tree ring, it needs to be thicker, of course, to keep the rings and keep the pattern. But mm. definitely for him, his have to be consistent always for any painting that he does you know he doesn't his consistency doesn't need to change oh like that shit back to what we were talking about we got way off um the whole (laughs) that's what we do man. yeah i mean that's what i love doing on this thing too fucking uh okay so back to the thing like i was just pumping out a bunch of stuff like 
Here's the deal. It wasn't Bob Ross that said this, but you would you would picture his little hippie ass saying this. But there was another artist who said that not every painting is meant to be a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. Like um, out of five paintings that I do, I'll try on two of them, mm-hmm. and those are the two that I'll push. Mm-hmm. And the other three out of the remaining five, those are just practice pieces. Trying out new ideas, doing this, um, trying a different design, trying to perfect a design that I've done previously, just trying to get better at whatever the fuck it is that I'm doing. And if somebody likes it and buys it, that's fucking great. But most mm-hmm. of the time, they're just practice pieces. Yeah. Like, I'll push the stuff that's meant to be there. So, like, those, out of those five pieces, let's say I sell two of them, I'll recoup all the money from all the supplies that I made to do all five of them. Yeah. So, I made straight profit off of everything. Mm-hmm. And um, and I buy wholesale too, so that really adds to my margins. Correct overhead. Yeah. yeah. So it's, the business is the name of the game. I'm an oh, artist. Absolutely. I'm an artist, but I still got I still have you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but like I was saying, out of those five pieces, like a lot of the people that really love our stuff can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So I just give a lot of shit away to mm-hmm. people that I I pay very close attention to the people that really engage with me. Yeah. I really do. Like, um, so if somebody loves something and I know they, they love this one particular piece, I may not give them that exact piece because I know that I can sell it for what I need to sell it for to make my nut off whatever it is I've done. Mm-hmm. So I'll make them an, I'll make them like, I don't want to say like a cheaper generic version, but I'll make them more like, like a more cliff notes condensed kind of version yeah. and give it to them as a gift. Yeah, mm-hmm. and do shit like that. And I would love to sit here and lie to you, man, and say that the reason that I've done so well is because I'm extremely talented. But the truth is, my talent is limited, man. I'm, I'd be the first to admit it. Like anybody else says that to me, I'm kicking their fucking teeth. <laughs> but I, like, like, it's true. But I can say it because I know what I'm capable of. Well, per- it's, it's a difference right. of like knowing your lane, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's the whole thing. Like. Yes, yeah. you like you were saying earlier, dabbling. Like you have to dabble to figure out what you're exactly. good at. I can't yeah. draw a motherfucking lick. I can't. Either. I can't either. <laughs> I can fucking. I can fucking write you something that could yes. make you cry. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So like I I know my fucking lane. Why the fuck would I like stray from that? Exactly. Yeah. You know, like people like it, and I'm good at it. Like yeah. You know. Yeah. So why the fuck would I change? Like yeah. It's, yeah. It, to and I have business cards like for my writing like no shit oh absolutely I give out business cards all the time a lot of times because it's got my number on it and it's a lot to some cute girls but a lot of times it's also to sell right. my stuff you're a yeah. pimping motherfucker man <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do see he was here he was here I knew he was baking those pies man he didn't lie to motherfucker here <laughs> I'm telling you though man but for real yes I I have business cards and. I tell you what, I I'm a server. Yeah. So I. Where do you work at? I, I'm a server at Applebee's. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I work Monday through Friday during the days. Fuck off, all you people that want to come see me. I just want the, these two to come see me. Fuck off for the rest of you. Yeah. Um, oh, what was your friend who wouldn't do the do the podcast? Derek. Man, fuck oh. you, Derek. How about that? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Fuck you, Derek. Trash. Uh, <laughs> so they're actually probably playing Call of Duty right now, and they were really upset that I'm not playing. He's the also or Austin. 
Um, but uh, tell me Derek's... you call these fucking nuts. <laughs> so Derek, his nickname is Hitch Daddy. All right, all right. Um, and actually, I have a tattoo on my arm. It's a big ass Darth Vader, and it says Hitch Daddy is my father. Um, but so. Sometimes I'll call him Hitch Boy. Yeah. You know, and then other times I'll call him Bitch Boy. That's usually most of the time. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Bitch Boy, like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, um, you know, I, with uh, going back to what we were saying, I I talk to so many different people just in a day yeah. with yeah. being a server. You know, I'm, gonna, oh, yeah. I'm like, as you guys can tell, I'm a personable person. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. so, like, I can talk to anybody. Yeah. So, anybody I'm talking to at work, you know, if they, if I could tell that they're, like, my vibe or if they're just, like, an artistic person, yeah. you know, I'll be like, hey, you know, you guys into poetry, blah, 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 and everybody's got their fucking phones on them. So, I'm yeah. like, you know, go look it up, see what you think. Yeah. And then I'll be like, if you guys are ever interested, I, I'm like a rapper. I've got my books in the trunk of my car. Um, if you want a copy, just let me know. Listen yeah. to this motherfucker. Yeah. He's, out, he's out here hustling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I got my books in the back of my car That's because right. what if there's that one time somebody True. wants a book and I don't have it on me? i tell yeah. you what. That could be your thank you. Give me a copy of one of your books. All right. I can do that. Done deal. As soon as we get done with this, I will definitely get you guys a copy Thank and you. sign it for you, too. Fuck yes. Yeah. Um, See, shit works out, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, but back to the thing. Um, <laughs> um, I would love to sit here and lie and say, man, that the reason that I'm, I've done as okay as I've done is because I'm talented. But the truth is, that's not the truth. I, I sincerely, in my heart, I, I credit my success... At just being very accepting of other artists, mm-hmm. I go out of my way to give other artists a lot of advice a lot of the times. Like, uh, there's a buddy of ours named Marcus who, um, who, um, was very kind of shy about his shit. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm doing, I'm putting my shit in a cell. You're going to put your shit in the cell. I'm going to see to it. I'm going to give you their contact information. Just mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, I want to see you do as well as you can do. Correct. Yeah. You know, and everybody's top, everybody's top out is different. Yeah. You know, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be the Rolling Stones. Some people are, some people are going to be just a, a mid-level punk band playing at the fucking bar down the street. Exactly. Just covering just songs. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay, man, because everybody's got their own thing. You got to right. So like, yeah, right. you, you got to pick up the fucking instrument to play the motherfucker. Otherwise, yep. you're never going to know where you can be. So like, I, I sincerely can tr- attribute that to whatever this thing is around us. This I'm referring to thing. I'm referring to karma, universe, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. In. Yes. Yeah. That I think it knows my heart because I have always been very adamant about promoting other people's work. Mm-hmm. Before mm-hmm. my own even. Yeah. As I have. You can ask her. I've oh, always yeah. been, I've always pushed everybody else's stuff before my own because I, like I said in the beginning, I don't do this shit to make money. I do this yeah. for me. And if somebody buys it, that's great. Correct. But there are other people that I think are genuinely a hell of a lot more talented than I am who yeah. aren't getting the fucking, who aren't getting the attention that I get. And I think that's horseshit. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. That's yeah. how I feel. Um, yeah. I sh- I mean, I share a lot of other friends of mine stuff, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, I have a friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Cook. Um, she oh, is a so she's a poet. She's from Owensboro, but she currently lives in St. Louis. Okay. Me and her have been friends for a very long time. We actually went to middle school together. Then um, I switched high schools, 
and then but we went to college together for that terrible year that I had mm-hmm. um, so we've known each other for a long time she's a poet and I mean she is absolutely stunning she her words are way better than mine she's just so fucking good um, if you if you uh, want to check her out it's s dot Elizabeth cook on Instagram but her words are fucking great but she was the person that got me into structured writing yeah you know I've yeah. always been a writer for as long as I can remember just writing just random shit yeah i had yeah. a short story published in elementary school or at least that's what my fucking teacher told me <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um i've been in bands before i've wrote lyrics you know i used to do spoken word like i've done a lot of different that shit things is fun. I, spoken word was so fun yeah very very interesting and i'm a very passionate person mm-hmm. so when i would do spoken word it was very passionately yeah. I've um back when I was a big religious like nut, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I did one about like killing yourself and like kind of like the last thoughts that mm-hmm. go through. It's called um 10 stories 10 last thoughts because when I was in Murray my freshman year a kid jumped off of a 10-story building the day before spring break. Oh, damn. Literally like in the middle of the day and just like damn. That's you wild. Know, but, and it was so that got me like thinking, like, yeah. what could be somebody's like last thoughts while yeah. they're going through? And I'm just like going down forth. And I've, I've performed it at a couple churches before. And like, there were people that were fucking crying. Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. You know? And then, like, uh, kind of like what you was talking about earlier, just like people like relating to your work, but also yeah. like, buying it too like i never thought that yeah somebody would ever buy yeah. my work like you know i have people that reach out to me that read it is like you were or like the people that i just like hey what do you think about this yeah you know yeah and they're just uh they're like you're like really fucking talented and i'm like glad you think so you know kind of right? like what you're yeah. kind of what you're and i'm like I'm glad you think so because I could read this over a hundred times and be like, this is fucking terrible. Yes, we do it all the time. It's almost uncomfortable. It really you is. Know? And I, I still, um, I don't want to say I don't take myself seriously as an artist um, because I, I'm I'm a little too serious, I think, about my paintings. I, I, I'll sit and I'll, I'll spend... I'll spend hours quietly to myself thinking about it, fretting over it, before, you know, before I finally get up and go do a piece. Kind of like what he was saying earlier, prepping for, what did you say? Yeah. You're, yeah. you know, prepping way more and then doing the doing yeah. the piece for like five minutes or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fretting over it, over, you know, what style, you know, I get a visual, of course, and okay, what color scheme and... And then, of course, then I'm thinking about, like, all right, well, my paint consistencies and then doing, trying to, like, measure my additives out, get everything, you know, just right, so-so. And then, I I don't know, I just, I get a little too, um, too serious and uptight about it. And then... Way too serious. So, so, I'll straight be in here throwing a tantrum. Yeah. You know, because I go to finally execute, and it immediately, I know it's so silly, because if if you're literally just a fluid artist, like paint is, you know, if you're just pouring it on the canvas, it's going to do whatever it's going to do, yeah. you know, and I'm, 
I'm I'm neurotic and like as soon as it you know this corner starts going not where I thought it was gonna go I, I'm starting to get I'm like oh, mm-mm. It's, yeah it's like watching her it's like watching somebody trying to control a car wreck yeah it's it's <laughs> it ridiculous yeah. I I'll be up in here slamming canvases around and like remember that day that that uh, I forgot his name he was in here and I was doing one of those those big kind of heavy in in the frame there i had it on this little tiny table and it started going awry and i was like picking it up and slamming it on the table trying to tilt and salvage and save and it just was not going the way that i wanted mm-hmm. but who was it who was here i don't remember his name <laughs> Descri- give me a description he was doing the jurassic park piece. oh dennis dennis dennis, dennis. Yeah, yeah he was just back here Doing his thing, painting, and I'm over here like cussing and slamming this painting on the table. I was getting so heated, sweating. But um, he hadn't been back since. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, you had to see me literally throw, throw a childish. Because he up. he was he's like if if Ned Flanders was a real fucking human being, it would be this guy. Holy shit! Yeah. So I'm sure he already had, you know, a come to Jesus moment when he came in here and saw the the cow skulls underneath the fucking bridge. <laughs> Oh, he seemed pretty cool. He just was—he just was trying to live his best life, painting yeah. his Jurassic Park. He piece. almost lived it until you took it from him. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> was that the day though that I walked in and I didn't know he was in here because he was just quiet in oh, the yeah, corner he was back painting? There in the fucking corner. And I'm—I'm I'm just like I got off work or something. I don't know, ripping through like a tornado. And then I was like, oh, sh- oh, there's somebody over there. <laughs> I think you walked. I think you walked in the house and said, "Baby, my pussy," or something like that. He <laughs> said some shit. And he's and in the corner, and I'm like, "Oh, not well, you." Not that's you. fucking comical. But he didn't say anything at all. He didn't even look at me. So I was, well, all right. Yeah, it's, whatever. It's he was doing great. his thing, man. He was back there painting. He was busy. You know. I was sitting but. here thinking about that. The thing we were talking about earlier, and the best way that I can describe it about this urge to. Get whatever it is out. First of all, I we were sitting here and we were talking about this communication and thing. I saw a quote once, and I cannot for the life of me remember who said it, but it said that an artist's primary function in life is to perfect the desire to communicate and the desire to hide. Mm. That we are essentially a walking paradox, yeah. contradiction yeah. of each other. Absolutely, yeah. But that um, out. <clears throat> and that makes it makes perfect sense for me because I like that people like my stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd be sitting here lying oh, if yeah. I said that I don't like when people yeah. like my work, but it creeps me out. I was gonna say it. It it definitely it's it's weird at the same time. It is. How so? This the, the I just recently did a piece about my brother's suicide. Okay, and it's a, it's in the hallway. I'll show you later. But um, it really kind of creeped me out that so many people loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It got a lot of attention. A lot of yeah. attention, and it was kind of creepy to me that something so personal to me. Yeah, hit so many people. Yeah, yeah. It was very it was very 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 strange when people latch on to something like that that mm-hmm. you don't want them to latch on to. Correct. It was kind of like, you know, the other day, the other day I, when I was like, and I told you that I was a recovering addict, mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't know that 
about me yeah. unless you're in my small circle. And yeah. there are some people that would use that as a manipulation tactic in business because it puts a very healthy po- and positive spin on it. Meaning, I don't want to lose you here, but meaning like, Go down here and see this pa- this painter who's turned his life around. He was yeah. once a junkie. Now he now he's a success story. Yeah, yeah. that kind of it's shit. A, it's a fucking headline. Yes, I was, I was gonna say yes. it's like some tabloid shit. Yeah, it's a fucking yeah. headline. And Click I bait. don't <laughs> want I don't want to be known as the cool ex junkie painter in town. I just right, just a painter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like because it doesn't define you. No. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like what you're doing now. It defines you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I completely, absolutely get that. I, I've never thought of it as creepy that people like connected to my writings. I just because I mean that's technically what I try to do in the first right. place. But I do find it weird that people enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like. It's fucking terrifying to put words out on yeah. a fucking page and for people to read it. Yeah. Because people can take it. I mean, that's the greatest and worst thing about writing in general. People can take it the wrong way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, especially with poetry, it, there is no there's no right or wrong way to take poetry. It speaks to you however it speaks to you. Exactly. You know, right. but for me yeah. to put words on a paper and pe- yeah. and put out Put it out for people to read. Yeah, it's really personal, and it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's absolutely. I, I it's like I. Put- I would lie if I don't fucking almost freak the fuck out every time I share a piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially all that shit aside, especially today with social media media being the way that it is, you could get attacked just like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yesterday morning, I shared a fact about the new stimulus package. And there's a there's a fact in the new fine print that she and I had discovered the night before. Mm-hmm. Friday night, so I shared it Saturday morning, today's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, timeline. I'll make sure the timeline's right. Mm-hmm. So, I got, so I got up and right. I shared that one of the fine print details of the new stimulus package is that it's not, there's no debt protection. Remember like with the first, team, first two stimulus packages, they were saying regardless of whatever it is you owed to whoever, that right. money was yours and we couldn't touch it. Right. Oh, you get yeah. what I'm saying? Third parties could yeah. not. Now, here's the deal the with this. The vultures could not take it. Yeah. But, you know. The only way that this, that this new bill would pass in the Senate, in the House, well, because no Republicans would vote for it. The only right. way that the Republicans would give it a nod is – if they took the debt protection off the table, which means now if you do owe anybody private debt collections, anything like that, they can garnish your check before you've even gotten it. Yeah. So which basically yeah. means this is another bailout. Yeah. It's a smoke screen, but what it essentially is is another bailout all piggybacking off of our backs instead of the government's wallet now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I shared that and within fifteen minutes, not an exaggeration. 
I had 30 people trying to argue with me about it. And I was like, well, have you read it? Have you, have you done research on this? No, but that just doesn't sound right. I'm like, so you're attacking me. I'm trying to share wisdom. I'm trying to share, not wisdom, but I'm trying to share this knowledge with you to give you a better understanding of what you could be coming up against. Correct. And instead of you just being like, man, thank you. I'm going to look into that. But hey, if I find out, if it's, if I find out that maybe you're mistaken about a fact, I'm going to let you know Mm -hmm. so that you could just as be as clarified as I am. Correct. Because we're all supposed to be helping each other fucking learn. Yeah. Right. You know, right. but instead I had 15 people fucking telling me that I was wrong, that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And yeah. blah, and I, and I even said I ended up deleting the fucking post. Cause, Cause I, it just gets fucking tedious yeah, at that point. Yeah, it does. It just gets out of control. But I, um, I, I asked one person, I said, well, have you read anything about this? No, but it just doesn't sound right. I was like, so basically you're telling me because you're fucking ignorant that I'm stupid. Yeah. I was absolutely. like, that makes a lot right. of fucking sense. That's and then I had good. another person. Uh, start commenting and basically, what is it called? Uh, fuck, what's it? Virtue signaling. Whenever he got on there and he was like, well, I don't have to worry about that because I paid off my debts off in 2017. I was like, well, that's great, cocksucker. But unfortunately, there are people that whenever this fucking pandemic hit that lost their fucking jobs and maxed out their credit cards just trying to survive. And because you don't have to fucking worry about that, these other fucking alleged people that you're insinuating are bums should just get the fuck over it. I'm like, you're missing the whole fucking point here with your bullshit. It turns into that. And it turns into this crazy shit. Shit storm. But, um, yeah, what was it? Um, back to the whole creepy thing. Prime example of what you're talking about. You remember the song by the police, uh, Every Breath You Take? If you don't know that song, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, that song is <laughs> actually about a stalker. Really? Yeah, that song is about a man who stalks a woman and, and basically is essentially like a Pepe Le Pew rapist. Who like basically st- like standing outside of her windows, jacking off, looking at her and shit. Like yeah. that's what that song's about. Yeah. But when people heard it, they thought it was like this fucking love anthem. <laughs> and it got to the point yeah. where people had mis had misconstrued the meaning of the song so much that they didn't even want to play it live anymore. Yeah, yeah. So like that's a prime yeah. example. And the, another thing they've got brought to my attention was um Dave Grohl, the lead singer of the Foo Fighters, used to be the drummer of Nirvana. Great. He said something that was really beautiful one time. He said that the most beautiful thing about connecting with people through music is that you could be singing a song to some to singing the song to ten thousand people in a crowd and there can be ten thousand different reasons for why that person is singing that same song at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it all goes back to this whole concept of perception an understanding of what we were talking about with with subject and content. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> oh, did I ever tell you about this is off topic. <laughs> but uh did I ever tell you about you remember when you had Catherine on your podcast? Correct. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The day you uploaded that, I messaged her fucking with her. Because mm-hmm. she's like my favorite person in the world to fuck with. I messaged her <laughs> I messaged her and uh what the fuck did I say to her? But it was priceless. I said, oh, I messaged her and I said, um, I tried to jack off to the sound of your voice, but every time you would speak, I would hear, I would picture uh, Ronald Reagan and it fucked it up for me or something like that. (laughs) And, uh, oh my God. Oh man. (laughs) I, I've told her that I was going to talk shit about her on the podcast and now I'm obligated to, uh, How can you talk shit about Catherine? I fucking I love Catherine. Oh, she's I, awesome. I, yeah. She is awesome. She's precious. I've been trying to get her over here. We both have. But it's mostly me doing all the talking. 
Because it's like, it's just kind of my thing. But we've been trying to get her over here because I would love. She has this classic beauty to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not this new age eyeliner, lip gloss bullshit that you're seeing a Correct. lot these days. But she has a very classic, almost Renaissance beauty. Yes. That is perfect for this one body painting session that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And like, I am trying my damnedest to get her over here to do it. And she's just like, She's like, I want to do it. I'm thinking about doing it. I'm leaning towards yes. She's hesitant. She's yeah. hesitant, and I get it. It's a, it's a, it's an awkward situation. It is. It's, yeah. It's, it's weird. You know. It is. Yeah. But I mean, like we were talking earlier, like just I mean, we didn't say this, but art's weird. It is. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's weird people so weird. like yeah. get, trying to connect with other weird people. Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. I said earlier, I think we were talking about how. Normal. I feel like normalcy is fucking weird, bro. Yeah. It is. It's, um... Yeah. I think that the word normalcy is a word that was made up by people who were trying to control everybody else that they didn't understand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's people that aren't artistic and resent others that are. Maybe not even so much that they're that they're not. What was that one? Oh, fuck. Maybe there was stifled. This, yeah, there was a yeah, there was a quote once that said everybody is an artist until they're told they're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, a, a lot of the people that I get the most shit from, and you can ask her. This is a fact. You have no idea how many people talk shit about the stuff that I do. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People get on. People will get on our posts, and get on there and say this fucked up. Sp- Biteful shit like Amber is so much better than you and shit like that constantly to the point where it's not even funny anymore. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. definitely I, I I don't know <clears throat> those people personally. I, I like to think that they weren't saying stuff like that maliciously, you know, just kind of poking fun. But you definitely after it's not it's it's kind of died down um, a lot. But uh, definitely, after after a while of seeing comments like that, is like, yeah, that's it's not really funny anymore. Yeah, it's 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 getting it's getting kind of offensive now. Like it's just fucked Cause up. Because yeah. people think they're cute. Yeah, yeah, they do. Because I definitely we're I'm not better than he is. I, we don't we don't have. Well, it's like I, comparing you know, apples to oranges, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Because it's completely different styles. It's like Paul McCartney to John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. Both equally important, but both very fucking different people. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, That's actually a good analogy because you're and, the fun, bubbly one, and I'm the brooding. <laughs> I'm the brooding John Lennon. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Like, she's the, she is, she's the Los Angeles, Venice Beach, and I am the New York City Bronx guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. yeah that's the truth. Um, yeah. So... It's just, it's very fucking weird, man, because, but yeah, those, those, uh, those comments usually come from the cheapest seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They do. Um, it's just, it's fucking weird to be placed in a situation like that where, where you have to bite your tongue because, <sighs> well, I mean, we have an audience, 
Fair. Absolutely fair. We are putting ourselves out there and um, just it just takes one negative interaction to basically cancel yourself. Especially nowadays. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I mean... You know, we're, we're, we're genuine, we're transparent, and we're, I like to think that we're pretty good people. And, um, so we're, um, always, always on our best behavior, I guess you could say, you know, but it's not, it's not fake at all. No. It's always, it's always genuine. Yeah. We, we, what we put out there is, is what, what we are. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. But I am, I'm, without a doubt, I am a lot more outspoken and, aggr- and a lot more aggressive than you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I am. Like, I'll be the first one out of the two of us to hit somebody with my car. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. It's just. I think the people that like to hate just in general are really upset that they let their fire die inside Yeah, they let their dream die. Yeah, and yeah. they're mad yeah. at other people for pursuing that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, they, yeah. I do agree with that 100%. It goes, well, it goes right full circle once again. We keep doing this shit, but it's like, um, yeah, the people that seem to be the most resentful are the people that seem to have given up on life themselves. Yeah. They're not happy with themselves. So, you know... They they take it out on other people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in different ways, and it's frustrating and angering to be a target. But at the end of the day, it's just it's sad. I yeah. I feel bad for people that, like that that, that they, they just hate themselves. Yeah, and life they apparently. So much. Yep. Now I, I'm the same yep. way because you know I mean like. I have people like at work, they're just like so miserable yeah. that they take it out on other people. I'm like, yeah, I am sorry that something happened to you. Yeah. That... Tell daddy who hurt you. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm so sorry that you hate people so much Yeah, because there's so much life and so much beauty yeah. and love going on around. I'm sorry that you are not allowing that within you. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, because yeah. that's, um, I have a lot of love in me to give. I, I don't I, I don't want to throw out the uh, the the cliche the love and light you know the hippie thing. Get the fuck out right now. That makes you kind of cringe. <laughs> I hate that. But shit I mean, so that's much. genuinely me. Like I I want to I want to embody that. Yeah. I I'm not. I'm pretty introverted. I'm I'm a little social. I have social anxiety, and I I feel a little backwards and awkward with people a lot. Um, but I I do enjoy making other people happy, making other people smile, and I I uh, I want to I want to spread you know spread that positivity, put out those. The love and light vibes, you know, <laughs> genuinely, and um, um, you know, because I don't want to be miserable, you know, inside. I don't want to hate my myself or or my life, and I, I definitely, 
and I strive to be open and just just happy. I don't even know how to explain it. I just I I strive to be happy and place myself in situations or you know whatever or or keep myself in a positive mindset. It's so easy to get stuck in a place go off the rails yeah and in your in your mind and um so i definitely have been working hard to stay mindful and keep myself because like i have bad thoughts all the time but i i have to like stop myself and i've gotten pretty good at it i've gotten a much better handle on it where i'll i'll start to realize like oh okay something we're we're kind of spiraling out on something that yeah. whoa you know I'll have an intrusive a negative thought and then I kind of get stuck on it and then mm-hmm. I start spiraling out and and I've gotten a lot better at catching myself early on with it and then I'll or if I'm I have a day where my depression is extra heavy and I'm I'm just like money's tight and I'm you know I'm I'm I start going to an ugly place and I get bogged down. I'll stop myself and I'll remind myself, like, I'll, I'll take inventory in my head. Like, wait a minute now. Okay, money is tight right now, but we have food. We have an amazing home. Um, we have a, an amazing relationship, partnership. Um, you know, we're, we're able we're painting. Um, people are purchasing our art and they love it. People support us. And, uh, you know, I just, I go through the list yeah. to, to come back down. Oh, absolutely. Come back, to, down, come to back down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Just, and I, I kind of feel yeah. like with, you know, kind of like what you're saying, like spreading that like light basically is because yeah. we know what it's like to have a dark day. And why would yeah. you want anybody else to have that exactly. dark day? Like, if you can yeah. do that one thing, kind of like we were talking about earlier, Matthew, if you can yeah. do that one thing, you know, why why not fucking do it? Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. I, I don't want anybody around me to have a bad fucking day because I don't want to have a bad exactly. day. Exactly. You know, so if I can tell a slight little joke to make you laugh and make you forget how fucking terrible life is right. for you. It makes you feel so good. Yeah. It feels so genuinely good. You know, I'm, I'm um, back in retail um, as a cashier, so you know, I'm I'm interacting with people a, a lot. I was at a dog grooming salon for a few, just just shy of a few years. Okay. Um. So I wasn't around the general public near as much anymore. Um. And so now I'm I'm back on the front line. I guess you could yeah. say, in a way, um, interacting with people all day every day and um and it genuinely makes me feel so good you know to just have that five minute interaction with a customer and make them smile and and get in a get in a conversation about their purchases and you know or just 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 complimenting somebody on their their necklace or something you know it makes people they light up, you know, and um, that 
that feeds me. That feeds my soul. Even though I'm not a super people person, it genuinely makes me feel really good to send somebody off. Um, and not that long ago, um, I, I had a, a customer, and I can't even remember what we talked about, but we got into a little conversation and and whatnot. And um, we happened to be in the middle of our, our truck truck that day and so i was the only one out front on the floor like that the bosses were all you know in yeah. the middle of the truck anyway before she left she asked me for my manager and of course i immediately like my anxiety spiked i was like oh shit she's about to rip on me or something yeah. you know when somebody asks for the manager you just immediately it's think usually bad yes yes <laughs> yes but um I, I I was like, oh, I'm sorry. She's she's in the back. She's in the middle of taking truck. Otherwise, you know, I I would call her up here. But uh, but she was like, oh no, that's you know, I I don't I don't want to pull her. You know, it's not it's not super. It's not urgent. But she did tell me she she just said I just wanted to put in a good word for you. Mm-hmm. I I think you're excellent. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just it it just made my whole day. You know, just something as simple as that. I, I, I thought we were having a pleasant interaction, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I made her feel good, and it made me feel good. Yeah, and it it spreads. It just my sister will love this. It makes me think of the the eighties movie PJ Sparkles. Oh goddamn. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> where they literally shoot rainbows from their chests, <laughs> and it spreads, you know, Wait, rainbows. I that, wait a second, I thought that was the Care Bears. Is I it mean, PJ Sparkles? Pro- probably the Care Bears, too, but I-, I didn't get into Care Bears. That's definitely before my time, but for some reason, I mean, PJ Sparkles is before my time, too, but for some reason, we had that movie, and we watched the shit out of that. Um to where it like, you know, ruined the VHS. You know, like, yeah. like video cuts out, but there's still audio or what? You know, wore it out. But, but yes, that's what that makes me think of. Where like, PJ Sparkles come? She comes in <laughs> on her white horse Blaze and shoots the rainbows and the love all over everybody in in the town. That's what that makes me think of. That's I want to be PJ yeah. Sparkles. <laughs> Gotcha. It just it just recharges your soul. It does. It yeah. does. Um, and sometimes your soul needs a recharge. It does. And I my soul gets sucked easily, quickly. I'm very. I hate to admit it, but I'm a very sensitive soul. Um, and I get I can get hurt way too easily, but. And I and I um I take on other people's energies quickly before I even realize it. So yeah. definitely if somebody has a bad energy, it's on me so fast. It just just overtakes me. And then I can't get rid of it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just I can't get it off of me. And it'll linger on me for days. Um so I try to have a pop, you know, put out good vibrations. Correct. You know, because I don't want to be that person that causes that for someone else. You mm-hmm. know, the bad vibe to get stuck on them and whatnot. 
but yeah, the biggest irony of all of this <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, she's the one who's this love and light personality mm-hmm. and she's actually the moody and depressed one <laughs> and I am the one who has like this real I'm the one who uh, look this is a joke my friends call me people that know me call me the dark lord <laughs> as, as a fucking joke <laughs> because I was always such like a uh, like uh, <clears throat> such a cynical fucking asshole to everybody (laughs) but i did it in but like it's not that i'm doing it to be malicious it's just that's my way of showing love correct just fucking with people yeah talking mad shit to people yeah and the the funny part about it is everybody thinks that i'm like the miserable one and if you get on my facebook you'll think like i'm the most miserable fucking person (laughs) in the world right yeah but the truth is it's like i'm actually the happier one out of the two of us and she's the love and light burning sage and like some days she won't even get out of bed yeah. And I'm like, I'm happy as fuck. I'll burn this fucking house down right now. I don't give a shit. Like, let's do it. Yeah. It yeah. definitely it, it checks out. I'm I'm definitely I guess I'm like the closeted brooder, you know. I, I keep it love and light on the streets. Yeah. You know, out in public. Cause I don't want to spread that. So I save I save all that for when I'm home alone. Yeah. <laughs> And like save all that negativity for myself. Yeah, and I'm the happy one. It's, yeah, it's kind of it's really weird because what she was talking about the bills and stuff, where you're getting bogged down about money. Like uh, she'll be she'll be tore up about something. I do bad, and, and I can't help it. I can't let it go. I just can't. Yeah, it's and I'm like I've got five bucks in my bank account right now. No, actually, I've got three dollars and sixty seven cents right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is the first time I've thought about it all day. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. My bills are paid. Like, I'm blessed. Like, I yeah. get to go to bed tonight in a bed that I I haven't missed a meal. You can look at my fat ass. I haven't missed a meal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> look at me. Goddamn. I'm getting ready to get another slice of pizza right now. <laughs> I'm definitely going to grab some food on the way home. But yeah. I, I completely, like, get with that. Like, I was telling you guys, like, I spent money on it very expensive controller my <laughs> bank account was not happy with me right bro. man fuck that but, bank account oh absolutely fuck that bank account but i am <laughs> yeah. so excited to get it in and just like play with it because yeah. like my bills are paid i have a roof over my head i have yeah. food in my mouth like i have people that genuinely love me like what yeah. the fuck else could i ask for yep you know what's funny is sometimes like that, if you think about it in a very comical way, it's almost like your your bank account and your savings accounts are like the hostage negotiators in the situation. <laughs> They're like much. the go-between, like, Pretty like much. all right, what's it going to take for you to not blow this motherfucker up? Yeah. Like yeah. a new controller? All right, just release the hostages. Well, I'll get you the new controller. That's like, that's right. what it is. It's, it's, it's what it is. Right. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't I don't care about money. I'm the oh, I'm the frivolous one out of the two of us. I am. She will fucking break a sweat thinking about buying a McChicken. <laughs> and I will go downtown like that Absolutely. <clears throat> that painting, that Van Gogh up there, uh-huh. was I'm not going to say the price. <laughs> I'm not going to say how much it cost. It was it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ridiculous. I can definitely believe that. Ridiculous. Yeah. It was it was more than one, less than three. I'll put it to you like that. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. like, and I'll go downtown. I've got five dollars in the bank, and I'll come home with that. Like, how am I gonna pay for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm just not able to do that. I'm just not. I don't have it in me. I, I very much. If I don't have it, you know, in the in the bank 
we're not we're not gonna come home with that mm-hmm. you know no, un- that. until I do have it and and that definitely it's not necessarily an unhealthy mindset of course you know trying to be frugal and not be poor but at the same time then you you don't live yeah you know you wind up not doing anything mm-hmm. you know i and i definitely am very guilty of that i don't i don't get out and do things because of money i don't like Fuck that. we we don't i don't if it wasn't for him you know i wouldn't like travel you know sometimes we take little short trips Weekend trips, we mm-hmm. try to. I'm like, let's drive to Memphis right um, now. Yeah. But I'm over here. I'm like earthquaking. So I'm like, baby, we don't have the money. I don't have the money. You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I definitely, I hold myself back a yeah. lot for sure. You know, a lot of that carelessness, ironically, and you would think that you would be like, well, maybe you would be a little bit more careful. But no, it's actually quite the opposite. It's mm-hmm. a paradox. But a lot of that... I don't want to say carelessness and recklessness because mm-hmm. that's not the that's not the appropriate words or apathy. or this, or even the same thing. Yeah, right. But right. a lot of that carefree attitude that I have, I actually attribute contribute to to being a junkie at one point in my life. Yeah, because there was a time when I literally didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. I kind of remember um, this quick story. This is like. This is your one drug addict scoop you'll get from me. Oh, okay, wait till you Yeah, so like, actually, I got two stories for you. Hell yeah, double time. Okay, Neon Nosebleeds, that, the name of my studio is actually a drug reference. Okay. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people have this misconception that the neon thing comes from all the bright colors that I use. But the truth is, the reason I use bright colors is because I'm 68% colorblind. So I have to use really bright colors to differ- differentiate between the hues. Holy shit. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. That's so sick. Nah, fuck. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. This conversation's been so awesome. Go Thanks. ahead. <laughs> Thanks, man. Like, I made it my mission to have this be your best podcast so far. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't think I'm... I've succeeded. Fucking Catherine beat me. Fuck, bitch. <laughs> Catherine was very good. Catherine's awesome. Yeah. But the neon nosebleeds thing, it actually comes from a, a story. It's a drug story from my past. I was at a house party, and um, I still remember this as vividly as as yesterday. And I and by all accounts, I shouldn't remember any of this shit. Right. But neon neon nosebleeds. It's a drug reference from um, a experience that I had back in the day when I was an addict, and um, I was at a house party. And we were throwing all of these just individual pills and just crushing them all up in this one big pile. Like we had the blue Lortab Watsons, the fucking Klonopins, and uh, this pill and that pill. So there was like a rainbow mixture. And I was also tripping at the time. Mm. Uh, slightly. And so I go in the bathroom where it was. It was on the counter. And we're all doing these big ass rails, big ass fucking lines. And I do this massive fucking line. But when I do, here's the thing. I had a straw. No, actually, I'm sorry. It was a Bic pin body. Mm-hmm. The little hard plastic bodies yep. that the pins would go. So I go down 
And because I'm already kind of fucked up, I go down and I hit it and it goes up in my nose and cuts the inside of my nose. So when it does that, I go down and I snort the shit and I come up and I look and I'm looking up in the mirror. Just like that scene in Pulp Fiction where Uma comes up and she's like, you know, God damn. Yeah. Yeah. So very just eerily similar to that. And um, I look in the mirror and I hit my nose. And all the blood was rushing out of my nose onto my chin with all those multicolored pills <laughs> trailing down. Oh, shit. So whenever I looked at it, because I was tripping, like, in my mind, I was like, there was like a rainbow of, like, Care Bears, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, just coming out of my fucking nose. And that was, like, one of the one of the drug memories that I have that I can actually recall on site. So that's where that name came from. But um, the thing, <laughs> back to the, the whole carefree thing. Uh, was that I've literally been, I was literally in a position in my life where I was living in a, in a, in a church. So it's a long story, but I'll give you the condensed version. I was living in a church in Webster County, Providence, Webster County. And, uh, we were living in a church that didn't have running water. Me and the mother of my, of my children were, living in this church with, without running water and all this stuff. And I can remember it had gotten to the point where we were literally going in the middle of the night. We had this whole system rigged up. We went down there. We became friends with one of the night clerks at a Huck's gas station. And the whole point was for us to do like this tag team thing. where like, because she was the girl, you know, I was an asshole boyfriend the girl who was working, who was the clerk at the store, she had an asshole boyfriend. So they, the whole point was for her to manipulate her and to be like, come here, girl, I need to tell you about what this motherfucker did tonight. Well, let me tell you about what this motherfucker did tonight. And the next thing you know, they're over there talking about this and that and this and that. And all the while, while they're not paying attention to me, I'm going through the store stealing food. And that's where it got to. Yeah. So like whenever I say, I don't give a fuck if I've got $5 mm-hmm. in my account, I can remember a time where I used to have to fucking manipulate yeah. A store clerk to steal a candy bar to get to survive for, the, yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. So like I don't, none of this shit means. Anything I can't to relate. Me. <laughs> yeah. To that. Like, so like yeah. she's all tightwad about I'm, everything. I'm earthquaking over a there, dollar. I'll go out there and I'll wreck my car right now. Yeah. Like I, I know what I know that I can live without it because yeah. I've been placed yeah. in a position where I know that I can live without those things. Yeah. So I don't give a shit. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I got a divorce. Divorce started in November of 2019. It was finalized in January of last year. Yeah. Whenever I got a divorce, my ex-wife literally destroyed everything that I owned. And when I say that, it's not an exaggeration. Like, I had a $10,000 library. She destroyed that. Uh, Letters from my dad. My dad died when I was 15. She ripped those up. Um, family photos, she ripped those up. My passport, she ripped that up. Um, she came to work and stole my car. I had oh. a cat, I had a Cadillac DTS, the old school Polly Walnut Sopranos model from the Holy last fuck. season. Damn. Yeah. I had that, that fucking model that she stole. That son of a bitch. Um, knifed your paintings. Knifed all my fucking <laughs> paintings, my books. I had a copy of, uh, I had a first edition copy of, of Ernest Hemingway's For Whom the Bell Tolls. Mm. And I found it for 15 bucks. Damn, that's a 
steal. So I went and I had it steal. looked at, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was appraised and valued at $4,800. So, yeah. like, I never put money in a bank account. What I did was I always bought, like, artwork and stuff yeah. like that that's only going to appreciate in value. Yes. Under yeah. the right circumstances. Because that's not always reality. Mm-hmm. But that was how I always worked with my money. You know, this book maybe worth $60 today, but the author dies tomorrow and the next thing you know it's worth 2000 Yeah. And I would take that interest rate over 60 cents APR on a savings account any fucking day. Yeah. yeah. Or whatever, Not maybe yeah. not APR, whatever the term is. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, when I, she destroyed yeah. every fucking thing I had. And when I moved into this place, I had a bag of clothes and I didn't even have a toothbrush. Yeah. Damn. So... Yeah. Like I've done it. I've I've and done for it. you guys that can't see this place is fucking packed. <laughs> <laughs> like he says that and I mean there's literally like things on every single piece of the wall almost. Yes. It even says fuck and I love it. Yeah. That I think that was literally the first thing that we hung in here. We went and bought those letters from Walmart. And I sat on the, his paint table there, and I painted them. And uh, we we got up there and command stripped them. And yeah, now no. he, now here. No, it wasn't. Ironically, it was almost metaphorical, and it was almost prophetic. Mm-hmm. But the very first thing that I hung in this apartment was that Andy Warhol piece over there that says, I wonder if it's possible to have a love affair that lasts forever. And keep in mind, what I was going through at the time was a divorce where I just lost everything. So it was almost (laughs) tragically hilarious to move into a place with nothing and put that up on the wall. (laughs) I had forgotten about that piece, yeah. So that was the first thing that I hung up. Yeah, uh, Yeah, we found that at like, consumer mall or something you know really? random like that yeah yeah just a cheap little just but a, like in somebody's booth everything that you see in here was made by somebody yeah Pretty i made much, it like yeah. it's my life mission i made it my mission that if my home is my art gallery and i have yeah. pieces from everybody that i respect and some pieces from people that i no longer respect but we're not going to get into that yeah but um I have pieces by a lot of people, and um, everything in here was made by somebody. And uh, pretty much, there definitely yeah. are little pieces here and there that are just, you know, like we picked up from Hobby Lobby or Goodwill or you know, like yeah. Consumers Mall, Peddlers Mall, whatever they're called. Um, but other than that, yeah, everything is somebody's handmade artwork that um, that we. Yeah. We've connected with even the mannequin. You know. The mannequin, whenever Macy was was going out of business, yeah, she bought the mannequin just yeah. on a whim, and then I had it, I had it uh, painted up and done by another friend of mine who's a local artist. He's yep. the same artist who did that eyeball that's over the sink. Oh shit! Shout yeah. out to Bob Wetzel. Fuck Bob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he painted old German bastard. But painted my uh, mannequin up good. Oh, yeah, he did that one. He did yeah. that. That abstract piece, you can't really see it directly <laughs> on the back wall below the Travis Bickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taxi driver that's piece. Yeah, yeah I can see one. like the texture. Oh, yeah. yeah. In it. It's a beautiful piece. And uh, he Bob did that is one. good. He's really good. Of course, you guys know we're obviously recording in this in the dark for the most part. 
as yes, always. Yes, candlelight. <laughs> we, Just candlelight. We, uh, we have candles that wrap the room, pretty much. Do you think he would be interested in hearing the, uh, the, the Valadera story? Do I know that story? Valadera is, is, I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but uh, Valadera is, is Spanish for candle. Uh, oh, our, our spooky, yeah, tell it. Our spooky uh, candle, I don't even know what you would call them, issues? I, I don't know. Since, um, okay, look, since we're talking about the whole art thing, I'll give you a backstory. Okay. Do you know who Alicia Watts is? No. She is somebody here in town that I have. Shout out to Alicia Watts. Yeah. We love her, too. I fucking love her. She's great. She's another one that I talk mad shit to. It's yeah. it's funny, man, because I talk a lot of shit to people, especially females. <laughs> and I really think in my mind, I really think in my mind that they think that I'm being serious when I'm and like, <laughs> like I'll send them right. like. I'll send like Alicia a message and we were going to do the whole body painting thing. And I'll just be a, like a prick, like this, like obstinate asshole and say like, Oh, come on, man. You know, you want to take your shirt off anyway. Quit fucking with me. Just completely fucking with them. And like yeah. most of the time, I really think that they think that I'm being a creep about it. But the truth is I'm laying in bed beside her the whole time and I'm <laughs> laughing about it and telling her about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying we're, to we're be funny. Yeah. It's like, yeah. trying to be fun. like, fuck. I mean, well, a lot of the time I'm going, oh, baby. Don't do that. You can't say that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> trying, basically trying to just like lighten the mood. Like, yeah. yes, it's an awkward fucking thing. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to yeah. like make it yeah. less awkward. Well, and anybody that truly knows him knows that he's just funny. Yeah. You know, he's just messing around. Just he's not. Around, he's not a creep. He's not an <laughs> asshole. Um, I can be. You just—he just talks shit to literally everybody. <laughs> but that's—that's that's your love language. Yeah, absolutely. I—he I, yeah. talks so much shit to me. But, um, I don't—I can't even. I can't even. I just have to chuckle and go on because well, I can't even compete with it. There was that one time that I came home and basically said, "You're going to fucking quit your job." I think that was really the. That only was the time. one time where you almost cried. Yeah, the only time. Well, I didn't say anything. I just kind of put my hands in my pockets and left the room because it was like, "Well, shit." I mean, he's right. You know, we weren't going to argue because he was right. Uh, if I'm going to fight was, you, I'm going to make about, sure I win. Yeah, that was the only I'll train time. for six months before I start an yeah. argument. I'll make sure. I've got bullet yeah. points and everything. I wrote a thesis yeah. on this fucking argument. I'm going to win. Um, but anyway, the, the spooky, the candle thing. What about it? Oh, yeah. Baby. Okay, Alicia Watts was somebody that she she has like this. this <sighs> Let me choose my words carefully here. Because if you say the wrong word, people automatically go and roll their eyes. Yeah. Okay. But she is somebody who is very in tune with something that I, that, see, even now, (laughs) even now shit starts getting weird that I'm talking about. Fucking dogs looking around like, where is this? Alicia, Alicia is wide open. She's very, she's very. Her third uh, eye is open. So after my brother passed away, I, you were talking about your basically your year of black. Mm-hmm. So last year, within the span of four months, I got a divorce. I lost everything I had. Yeah. Um, my brother committed suicide. And it's like everything, much like you, which is what we were talking about with you, like everything that could go wrong. You're, you're, you're just like standing outside looking up at the sky going, okay, what next? 
Yeah. yeah. Like you're just looking up, waiting for the bowling ball or the piano to come down and hit you in the head, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's at that point where it's almost funny. Like you're expecting yeah. something yeah. else to happen. Yeah. So I said, fuck it, you know. Um, so I go and I see her and she kind of does her her little thing. And uh, this is right before my business, the painting mm-hmm. studio took off again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's telling me that my uh that she has talked to my brother and long story short she basically told me some shit that that she should not have known yeah yeah you get what i'm saying yeah no way she would have known yeah like you you couldn't get on my facebook and find these facts yeah right like because i share a lot of shit but but believe it or not you still wouldn't fucking know me from all the shit that i've shared yeah so she was telling me this story about how my brother uh, was asking about a dog and all of this stuff. And I knew that my, my my mom had three dogs. So I'm talking to my mom about this stuff. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying to tiptoe around it because my mom's very skeptical about mm. shit like that. Or it's not really that she's skeptical. The truth is, is that she's very curious. But the fact is, is that whenever she becomes curious, she gets frightened by that notion that maybe there is something else beyond. So she kind of like yeah. pulls back. It is know, scary. And then becomes some, and then she puts up this facade of skepticism. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, that's not real, but what what did she say one more time? That's bullshit. Tell yeah. me again. Yeah. No, that's bullshit. So, I was talking to my mom, and my mom was telling me that Bryce, my brother, had became very close to one dog. Mhm. And my mom was like, that's very weird that my brother, that Bryce had gotten really close to this one dog because he, he it wasn't that he didn't like animals. He was just indifferent to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before he died, he became really close to this one dog that Alicia told me the very description of. And this was a stray dog that they only had for like a month. Mm. So then she proceeds to tell me all this other stuff and that basically my brother is watching out for me and he's going to see to it that uh, good things come my way. As long as I'm vigilant and as long as I'm basically doing what it is that I'm supposed to be doing, things are going to go my way. So, right after all that, um, out of nowhere, my business just takes the fuck off. Mm-hmm. And when I say take off, I mean it takes off. I mean, we're clearing about two Gs a month just out of the house, not including taxable income on our jobs. Yeah. And we're moving paintings. They're yeah. sold before they're drying. Yeah, and so we it had were, gotten we to the popping. point. Yeah, yeah. It had gotten to the point where we were like stacking one here and stacking one there and tiptoeing over paintings that yeah. were drying. Yeah. That were already sold. Yeah. Yeah. And all these things start happening. Well, I told you that to tell you this story. I have these <clears throat> candles. Um the Santa Morte candles. And what they are is they're the pa- Santa Morte is the patron saint of death. And it's really a patron saint that's only recognized in Spanish, in predominantly Spanish countries. The Vatican and the actual Roman Catholic Church deny the existence of this saint and even go so far as to say that if you believe in this saint, that you're actually defiant against God. Basically saying that you're practicing Mm -hmm. black magic and and witchcraft and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Santa Morte is the patron saint of criminals drug dealers like if you ever watch breaking bad you'll see them with like the death or like spanish any spanish show that involves crime i haven't i haven't seen breaking bad however i have seen sons of anarchy and the mayans and yes it's very very yeah. pre- yes. prevalent in it. Yeah. yeah 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 exactly 
Yeah. Well, there is this one scene in Breaking Bad where, the, remember the two twin cousins or whatever? Never watched it. Motherfucker. <laughs> it's pretty see. It, it took me a long time because it was, <clears throat> I, I'm definitely one of those people, like, I don't jump on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. It was one of those TV shows that that's all I heard about or saw on Facebook for the longest time. So I would not watch it. Well, it's nice to fel- to meet a fellow edgelord. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, same way with The Walking Dead. I, I would not watch it. And I, I finally... I'm gonna have to start. I'm gonna have to start over. But I finally started it like last year, and then I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is kind of all right. I I, I kind of dig this." So then I was like binge watching the hell out of it. But yeah. but I, I dropped off of it. Um, but anyway, Breaking Bad was the same way. I would not watch it. I wouldn't even watch like a trailer, nothing. Um, and then I finally started it, and I was like, oh, shit, this is all right, you know. And same thing, started just binge-watching the hell out of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway. Santa Morte yeah. is a uh, patron saint of death. Mm-hmm. So whenever you light these candles, typically what you do is you light them whenever you wish to, you basically pray or ask whatever this power is, to get away with the criminal activity, if you're going to move a large, massive amount of dope across the across the border, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get detected, you will ask Santa Morte to guide your shipment. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. And another thing is the other relevance. The relevance that's relevant to this conversation, the other fact anyway, is that you light one of these candles whenever somebody dies, because the whole point is essentially, in a nutshell. You light this candle in reverence of that person who is deceased. You light it for their soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically, whenever you do that, you're asking the gods to please forgive any sin that he may have to go to hell or purgatory for and just immediately just allow him into heaven mm-hmm. because his soul has already been tortured enough through, through the act of his death. Yeah. So... I keep these candles around because they're awesome decorations. I mean, that sounds really superficial, but they're they're cool as fuck to have. Yeah. But there are there is something creepy about them that I absolutely love. Then I keep something draws me to them, and I don't know what it is. So we've had a bunch of shit happen with these candles in the house. A lot of weird shit has happened, and it's it's happened to the point now where it's like I almost can't even laugh it off anymore. Yeah. I had a silver one and a black one, and that was my brother's two favorite colors. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just solid, plain candles. So I lit one of the black ones in one night, and it caught on fire. And you're like, well, it's a fucking candle. It's supposed to be on fire. No, you're... Let me stop you right there. (laughs) Uh, See the label on it over there on that one? Yeah. Okay, the outside of the candle caught on fire. The I label th- caught on fire. I thought that I thought that was the death candle. It was. Oh, I th- oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about just the plain because we had bought just a bunch of plain colors. No, 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 candles. no, 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 no. That I thought was the you were telling one. Yeah. that story. Yeah, my it's, bad. It's the same story. It's just two different candles. But, but yeah. yes, the the death okay. candle is is what caught on fire. The, the death label. candle caught on fire. Two days later, my brother's dead. Yeah. I have a silver candle. Yeah. Black and silver are my brother's two favorite colors. 
After I find out that he dies, I'm in here in the dark trying to light candles, just kind of sitting in my own misery. Yeah. And I'm trying to light the silver candle and it won't light at all. And there's absolutely no reason why it shouldn't. Yeah, that's that's the one that I thought you were talking about just now. Well, well, um, it wouldn't light like from the day from day one that we bought it. Remember, it yeah. would not light. That one candle for some reason would not light, not stay lit. But then, then Bryce um, passed, and you, I think you lit all the candles like the day after he passed, and it lit finally. Yeah, that damn candle lit. And it stayed lit, and I don't think we ever had trouble with it again. No. Just, so that's just um, one of the small instances yeah. that was just I like... I had another instance where I had a brother, I had a buddy. Did you hear about that, that really tragic story that happened last year here in town about... Um, the little toddler died? Janessa? I don't think so. Okay, well, I'll give you the backstory real fast. I had a really good friend that I was really close to who um, was a recovering addict like I was. Mm -hmm. And long story short, he was watching a baby. Baby dies. I could go into speculation. I've got my own theories, but my theory might piss somebody off, so I'm just not going to stop it right there. Yeah, And... Authorities come in. Police, the, the police are called. The authorities come in. They look at the baby. Um, eight-month-old toddler, four-month-old toddler, eight-month-old toddler. I think she was seven or eight months. Seven or eight months. Yeah. And uh, brain swelling at the scene. Take her to the hospital. Yeah. She's critical from yeah. day one. Jump. As soon as she walks, as soon as she goes in. It's, it's, if I'm remembering this part correctly. So... Yeah, so of of course, you know, they were they were looking at him. Yeah, because he know. was home alone with the baby. Pre- right. Pretty hard. And um <clears throat> according to the uh, the cops and the investigators and the this and the that, they're saying that the the injuries were consistent with abuse and not consistent with the manner in which he claimed the baby got injured, which was he sat the baby down on the bed, the baby rolls off the bed, the baby accidentally falls yeah. and gets hurt while yeah. he's out of the room peeing, making on the phone, whatever it was he was doing. Yeah. So, baby dies in the hospital. The cops are like, "Look, we think you killed this kid, even if it was un- even if it was unintentional." So he's freaking out, and he goes back to Louisville, buys a uh, a massive bag of fentanyl, cut heroin, which is basically all you can get anymore in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know you don't know much about that, but no. And uh, he kills himself. Which is good. <laughs> he ODs, kills himself. Because yeah. he knew he was going to prison. Yeah. That's my yeah. theory. He knew he was going to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the relevance of the candle to that is I had lit one of those candles again a couple days before he died, and the same thing happened. The label caught yeah, on fire. The label catching fire. Okay. One day we're sitting in here months later, and. She yells all of a sudden, and I'm like, what the fuck? What, what's wrong? Like, you having a stroke? What's the problem? And I come out here, and one of the... I had a red version of mm-hmm. that same death candle. Yeah. And the wax, even though I hadn't lit this candle in days, the wax had started flowing through a crack in the bottom and started flowing onto the stuff. 
Yeah, it had seeped out onto the cabinet. And, and it and, looked like blood coming out of this candle. Yeah. And I hadn't lit it. Well, yeah. and I, I didn't think that the, there was anything wrong with the candle. It, it wasn't broken or cracked that I could see. Or any reason so, that right, wax should be Right, blown. and it wasn't like knocked over, yeah. you know, and, and it, and, you know, we don't light them every night, you know, we don't light them super frequently. Um, and I don't even remember it being lit that day. But I just happened to, it was on that cabinet over there, um, which is a, a light gray whitewash. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, because there's red wax all over the top. So I'm kind of low-key freaking out, like, my cabinet. You yeah. Know? Shit. Baby. So then. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, that happens. And then another friend of mine a couple of days later dies of heroin overdose. Yeah. So then the other day, the shit just keeps getting better. The other day, I have one of those candles that are from the catholic church those were specifically those are those are out of the out of the church yeah she we're in here and she goes baby did you like this candle and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about i just got home from work I just right. 12 he's hours. in bed i'm, I'm, I'm not I'm lighting going candles. to bed and <laughs> yeah. i just yeah yeah i um he had lit um a bunch of the candles in here um like honestly like three or four days beforehand and um, he blew them all out except for the death candle that happens to be. Uh, for whatever reason, I just didn't feel compelled to, to burn to blow it out, and I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. But I blew it out before bed, and I made sure to survey the room and make sure all the rest were blown out before I went to bed. Okay, fast forward. Um, three or four nights later. He's in bed, and I'm coming to bed, and it's, you know, dark in here like this, all the lights out. And I just happened to uh, glance at the the cabinet, and um, sure enough, the candle, um, the, the plain candle, was glowing. So that's when I was like, baby, did you light this random candle? What is going on here? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, so... I, I blew it out, but I was like, what the hell? Surely, I, I just, I was like, I know I didn't miss this candle. I know they were all blown out because it's over here by the death candle, which was the last one not blown out, and I blew it out. So, I know I would have seen the other one glowing. But So, that had me tripping. I was like, I know... Man, that's just some spooky shit. I know I we didn't leave it burning for like a week, you know. Like fast forward two days later. Yeah, I go into work, and uh, a buddy of mine that I'm always talking to at work comes up to me, and he's just very visibly glum. Yeah, he's like he's the embodiment of Eeyore at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, minus the cloud. And um, he goes, "Man, it's gonna be a bad day, little buddy." And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Well, what, what's the deal, Randy? I said, I said, what's up? You got a lot. I said, you got a lot to do. I said, are we backed up? I mean, is it going to be a busy day? What's the deal? And he goes, no, man, Carl. You didn't hear about Carl? I said, no, I've been off. Nobody tells me this stuff. Well, it turns out one of the supervisors in my plant, after this whole candle fiasco, thought he called in the day before. He thought he had food poisoning all night, and he had been up throwing up all night. So he calls in, says, I'm not feeling hot. I'm going to stay home. He's sitting in the sunroom. His wife leaves to go to work. 
She comes home, finds him. He's brain dead in the house. Died the next day. Holy shit. So it's kind of like, it gets to that point where, like I said, it's not even laughable <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Now she's freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just keep having a weird thing like that with the candles mm-hmm. surrounding death. But like, I think, um, you know, I have a theory on that, but it's so far out there that I don't, I don't uh, talk about it. My theory is, is that I lived a life that was so close to death every fucking day. When I got sober, I was 115 pounds. Holy shit. So yeah. I'll, if I if I knew it wouldn't take me 45 minutes, I'd find pictures and show you. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> I have, like, this thought that because I treaded, I, I had tread so close to death for so long that it's almost as if it's there waiting. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I 100% understand. Yeah. And it's kind mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. it's always there kind of going, you know, you could be next because I got I got sober February of 2016. February 1st, 2016, is when I started my journey in sobriety, and since that time, five years, five years and a month, I have buried 16 people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it gets to that point where it's just always there. The way that I look at it, in my perspective, because like I said, I I mean, me and Death are very, very close friends. Isn't it weird? It's very weird. Yeah. I've had it a lot. Like, when I was 14, I had a foster brother who passed away of overdosing. Yeah. Oh, damn. Um, So, I mean, at 14, you know, it's young. Yeah. You're still so full of, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. So crazy. So, I feel like it's, I feel like we're playing a tug and pull game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. But it's more so not you could be next. It's, ha, huh, it's not you. It's somebody else that yeah. you love. Yeah. yeah. You know, playing a sick joke, like, yeah. you're going to be the last one. Yeah. You're going to watch every single person that you love pass before you do. Yeah. It's twisted, and I think man. it's a sick-ass fucking game. Yeah. It's kind of like whenever you're driving in traffic. And for whatever reason, you notice something and you hit the brake and you almost get T-boned. And for that split second, it's like something's there mm-hmm. and it's saying, hmm. It's kind of like a something's putting you in check real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. See so your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that same thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, whatever we, it is, we, it loves me. We get checked, don't we, baby? <laughs> On the road. Yeah, she's the worst fucking driver I've no, ever. I'm really not. No, fuck, I'm, fuck that modesty shit. She's the worst fucking driver. No, but we've definitely had, we've had some uh, close calls. Yeah. yeah, driving long distance. Final destination, close fucking calls. Yeah, a hydroplane going 75 before on a highway. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, spun three times on That's... my side of the highway, spun three times on the other side of the uh-huh. highway, and then ended up in the middle. Yeah. Fuck Talk crazy. about a tight asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. All day I get shit for three hours. That's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 No doubt, man. Um, no doubt. Wait a second. Didn't you say you had questions? We covered all of them. We covered all of them? All of them in a, <laughs> in a solid-ass conversation. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on a second. I'm not done here. <laughs> I want to know about... I want to know about... You, man. I want to know, what made you decide to start doing this? 
Look, you're always the fucking interviewer. Who, who, whoever actually right. pulls their head out of their ass long enough to interview you. I've I want to know had about you. one of my best friends. That's one of our planned episodes. Yeah, is uh, having him interview me. But like, uh, Stop, baby. I had this idea this is me being way more transparent on this podcast than i ever expected to be i was tripping mm-hmm. okay while watching a netflix tv show which one uh the midnight gospel i saw it but i never watched it it's so fucking good it's taken from a dude's podcast really animated mm-hmm. series taken from a dude's podcast all right keep going um so they're like like i mean it he has people he interviews you know and he takes some of the conversations from his podcast, made a show about its animation, and it's super fucking trippy. Cool. You guys would definitely <laughs> love it. Okay. Um, and I was just so deep into my trip, and I was just sitting there <laughs> watching it, and just, I was like, you know, I was like, this is taken from a podcast. I was like, that would be cool. It's like, I think I could do a podcast. Fuck yeah. And I was like, and of course, I was tripping, so I was in the dark watching this TV show, and I was like, a podcast in the dark. Where people can get personal. You don't necessarily have to see like facial expressions to where you feel uncomfortable when you get personal. It's almost like a demonic confession. Confessional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, as artists, we strive to connect, you know. So with doing a podcast, I felt like it was the same thing. And so I bought the equipment and I started doing the podcast. I love that. Yeah. And I'm grateful you let me do it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, I never told you about how I got jumped by the clan. I was excited. I've been waiting for that story to pop up. Okay. Okay. So this is a. Oh, man. We're talking about the KKK, right? Technically, we're talking about the IKA. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me give you a little backstory here. All right. I am from Hopkinsville. Okay. And anybody who knows Hopkinsville knows that Hopkinsville is predominantly African American, Black Correct. American, whatever the PC term is Correct. today, whatever. It's it's mostly an African American town. One of my best friends is actually from Hopkinsville. Who is it? Her name is April Buckner. Why does that sound so fucking? She's my she coaches volleyball with me. I might have to look this shit up. She's younger than I am. How old are you again? Twenty eight. Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> You're elderly. I am. I'm like the oldest person at the party now. Like. It's like I'm not even allowed to go to the party anymore. Like now I have to be like the driver who sits outside. That's right. It's fucking ridiculous. You're just like the dad. Okay, so I'm yes, like I'm from Hopkinsville and I was raised around all African Americans for the most part. I literally have a photo (laughs) of me in my kindergarten class and I was the only white kid in the class. Hell yeah. So like I was raised around African Americans for the majority of my of my upbringing so like this whole race thing and all that stuff that's happening like i really didn't consider it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you know at all because i i just didn't it's, because it's, it wasn't your world yes yeah 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 it's very awkward it's a very awkward time that i live in because it's like uh, we can get into that in a minute if you want to <laughs> Because I've got some shit to say. And I think that's what Austin was agging me on about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but I've been very... Uh-huh. I've been very reserved about it. But yes. um, I'm from Hopkinsville. So I was raised around predominantly all African Americans. And uh, so I went from that life to my mom finding a new toy, basically. And we ran off to 
Dawson Springs, Kentucky. Oh, you ever been there? I heard of it. Okay, drove through it. Yeah, one, all one traffic light of it. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so basically, in Dawson Springs, which ironically enough is only like what forty forty three miles from here. Yeah, not like too that. far. Yeah, it's not. But the second largest registered, if you can believe that word, clan compound in the United States was actually in Dawson, forty three miles. From Owensboro. And technically, it wasn't the Ku Klux Klan. It was the IKA, which was the Imperial Knights of America. And what they were is they were a neo-Nazi off-sect branch of the Klan. They were people that were a lot more militant, believed in guns, didn't want to hide their faces. Basically, a bunch of people living in fucking trailers, living out in the woods who wanted to wear fatigues and not white robes because they didn't want to get mud on them. That's the fucking truth. So, I went from living in Hopkinsville... To living in this podunk town with one traffic light where everybody is white. And I can remember like just, just feeling very weird. Mm-hmm. And I can remember like these kind of off, offhanded comments about inward this or inward that. And it was kind of weird for me because I never really considered like I never really considered that. Yeah. I just knew him as, you know, Trey down the street. Yeah. Whatever, Marcus down the street, whatever. Exactly. So anyway, uh, I got asked to join the clan. And when I say asked, they wasn't like some kind of like grand mafia thing where they like took you in a basement and pricked your finger and burned a saint in your hand and all that shit that you hear. It wasn't no mysterious shit like that. The truth is they were just a bunch of fat asses with shaved heads and a bunch of horrible fucking tattoos that they got while they were fucking their cousins on meth in a trailer. <laughs> Who used to sit outside of the Minute Mart there that there was also a Godfather's Pizza and they would sit out there just like Jay and Silent Bob. I can't make this shit up. If you can picture a bunch of like fat ass Nazi guys doing the same shit that Jay and Silent Bob were doing outside of the quick, the quick mart, quick stop, I think maybe. Anyway, that's what they were doing. And they would just see kids and they would just hand them their business cards and be like, Hey man, you should do this. You should do this. So I took the business card. Because I'm from Hopkinsville. I don't, I don't have any fucking experience with the Klan. I don't know what the fucking Klan yeah. is. Right. So <clears throat> I take the business card. I go home. I show my mom. And she's like, who gave you this? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, dude, down the street. Who? I don't know. Cletus? What was his name? Earl? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know his fucking name. And uh, so then I got a little bit of schooling on what it was. Mm-hmm. I asked a couple of kids. From that area, obviously. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well, it's this thing. Yeah, they do this and that and this and that. And they have rock concerts. They have a Nordic Fest. And uh, they have this and that. And yeah, my uncle does this. And he, he does stuff for them. And I'm like, oh, wow. This is fucking nuts. <laughs> so I don't see these guys again for a while. You know, they kind of slither back into their little putrid fuckhole. Yeah. And... um. Like a couple of years later, I had grown up and I went, I was at that same place that was at the Minute Mart and they came up and they handed me another card, different set of guys. And I basically told them to fuck themselves. I said, man, fuck you. Man, fuck you. And they said, okay, I got you. Basically called me a disgrace. They called me a traitor. They called me, um, basically everything. Called me a little white N-word. This and that, you know. And uh, that was it. That was the end of the altercation at that point. But then they used to have, like, little dances and get-togethers for teens down at the park. So, like, they were down there one night, and they jumped on me. 
and there was no winning. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I, like, Sylvester Stallone dumb and have <laughs> Like, no, I got my ass beat down bad. Because you were getting fucking jumped by multiple fucking people. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest irony is that those are the people that will sit there and say that you can't fight an African American because he'll get 17 of his cousins to jump on you. That yeah. kind of shit. When they're yeah. the ones, yeah. Yeah. And that kind of bullshit. And, um, so yeah, I got, I got jumped by the clan when I was like, 16, 17, something. I can't remember. It was years after the first initial thing. And at the, at that time, that, that sect of the clan was, was ran by a man by the name of Ron Edwards. And he was the, um, Imperial Wizard. That was the name of it. The Imperial Wizard mm-hmm. was their name. And it's, Christ. dude, this is no joke. Like they yeah. had a little, it's on Huckleberry Road. The compound itself is still there. But it's been debunked. Now, the Southern Poverty Law Center came in. If you look all this up, I'll send... Matter of fact, you know, I'm not even going to give you the chance to look. I'm going to send you the fucking information. Oh, yeah. Basically, basically like 2002, 2003, 2004, there was a black kid that was jumped at a fair in... I can't remember the county. Turns out, after police investigation discovered that it was some of the guys from that group that had done it. So, the Southern Poverty Law Center stepped up whenever they got when they caught wind of this and decided they were going to persecute the clan at which point it became a hate crime at which point the feds jumped in mm. when the feds jumped in mm. they seized all their assets and completely came in and wiped them out so when they went to do a raid on the compound they found numerous automatic weapons they found enough lore tabs to kill a whole fucking city they found enough meth to kill a whole fucking city and they also found out that the leader had impregnated his stepdaughter, who was 13. Oh, my fucking God. You yeah. can't make that shit up. No, yeah. you can't. Um, so, yeah, he was, he was charged with, like, uh, fuck, what was it? It was, a, it was a plethora of charges. But I know that yeah. whenever you go on there and you look at his federal mugshot, it doesn't mention the sex crimes because that was a state case. Yeah. But... For whatever reason, like his weapons charges, hate crimes, and all that stuff, because that was considered a federal level, was mentioned on that particular instance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I actually took her. Mm-hmm. Remember a little fun little trip down memory lane. But yeah, we were going. We have, we've had lots of those. Yeah, so I actually took her yeah. to the location of where that place was at. And back in the day when it was booming, um, they used to have signs up, you know, no blacks. No videotapes, no cameras. Yeah. Um, do not stop here if you're white, if you're black. Um, as do not stop here unless you have business here. And it was rebel flags with swastikas and this and that. And it was nothing to sit outside and hear AK 47s going off in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. And so I took her there one and it's still, it's desolate. It's been leveled. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, yeah, it's the I mean, place it's, is still there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's still there. It's a piece of shit stain. It is. Yeah, it really is. And yeah. I, t- I tell you this funny thing. Uh, the biggest irony about the whole this whole race thing is that the only people that have ever caused me any problems in my life were straight white men. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and the biggest irony. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's the truth. I was like, I was talking to somebody. Uh, it's a buddy of mine who's gay. I'm not going to mention his name. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows, but that don't mean that everybody knows. 
Correct. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So it's not your business to tell. Exactly. Right. But he and I were discussing it, and he and I were talking about it. He used to be my neighbor, and um, he and I were talking about that, and we were, I was talking about it like it's the most ironic thing in the world that I'm supposed to hate you, and you've never done anything to me. Sure. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yep. And um, but the only people that have ever given me a reason to hate anybody were the people that were telling me that everybody else were the ones to fear. Yes. And it's almost like a social manipulation tactic. Yeah, that's, that's exactly Absolutely. what I was about to say. Yeah. It's like that's just manipulation. It is. Yeah. So sick. So twisted. Yeah. Like another thing. Oh. And this is kind of ironic, but I was she and I were talking about this whole thing because I'd gotten to this man. Um, a lot of people don't know my past, and a lot of people don't know my history, and a lot of people don't know. Oh, real quick, that that clan card. That I was given at the gas station that day, I ended up giving that to a to a buddy of mine who was an African American. His name was Gerald Clemens. He's from Madisonville. He's since passed away. I found out, and unfortunately, because he was a cool motherfucker, mm-hmm. black dude. He had pale, icy blue eyes. It was the freakiest shit I'd ever seen. I always thought for years he wore contacts, but it turns out he he died. He had a liver failure or something to do with diabetes or something. Rest in power. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, he I gave him that card. And he framed it and put it by his front door. And I said, why the fuck would you want to keep this? And he said, he said, Matt, man, the reason I have this card by the front door is because I need to be reminded sometimes that even though we're still in 20, whatever year it was at the time, he was like, I need to look up at that card sometimes. And I need to be, be reminded that sometimes when I walk outside, it's still 1954. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, damn. And I wish that I could like figure out a way to get that back. Yeah. yeah, because the sentimental value that it has to me, I I would just want it back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, but um, like the biggest irony about this whole race thing and these whole racial issues is the fact that I was telling her about this the other night because I had gotten into like this enraged, like murderous rage about two or three weeks ago when all that Doctor Sue shit happened, mm-hmm. or whenever they when it started blowing up. The whole thing started like a year ago. The whole Dr. Seuss thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but <clears throat> I, I find it ironic that, and this is a really touchy subject. I, I get that. Yeah. I do. But the biggest irony to me about the whole racial thing is that, like, no African American, no Chinese individual that I know, Oriental descent, no Latino friends of mine have came up to me and told me how I should feel about anything. Correct. The biggest irony is that the people that are giving me the most problems about racial issues in, in, in this country are the are white people coming up to me telling mm-hmm. me how I should feel about this subject. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be very ironic. I have, I have like a theory about it that it's almost as if the racial mindset that the white man has actually hasn't gone away. But the fact is, is that now you can't be racist anymore. So now you take that that same supreme, superior mindset that's ingrained in you, just being a being a white man, mm-hmm. because it does come with its privileges, regardless of what some people say. Yeah, it does. Right. But the big, like, it's almost as if that racial mindset actually isn't getting destroyed. The fact of the matter is, is now that same mindset 
is now getting pointed at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't condemn this person anymore because it's wrong. And it is wrong. And I'm not implying that it's not wrong. But now what I can do is take that superiority and point it at you because you're not agreeing with me. So it's like yeah. now anybody who doesn't agree with anybody else of the same race is now the one who just needs to sit in the back of the bus. Correct. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this isn't solving anything. Like, it's the weirdest part about it is like, I'm a liberal. I am. I, there's, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't see I any mean, Mitch McConnell posters in here, right? Fuck no. So like, I am a liberal, <laughs> but what I've noticed is, is that it almost seems to me like the party is, it, it started to destroy itself because now we're fighting amongst ourselves mm-hmm. instead yeah. of like, I don't need to be reminded that black lives matter. I know that black lives matter. I have, I have some extended family. They're not even extended family. They're relatives, blood relatives of mine that are African-American. And not only are they African-American, but they're also African-American police officers. Mm-hmm. And one of them is a deputy in Oak Grove, which is on the other side of Hopkinsville, which is right on the, which is right on the Kentucky and Tennessee line. So Oak Grove is basically like, the floodgate that leads into Fort Campbell, which is the army base, which yeah. then leads into to Clarksville, if you're familiar with that area. Mm-hmm. So, like, to be told that I'm not allowed to have an opinion on an issue that I've discussed with members of my own family about is the most asinine fucking thing I've ever heard sure. in my life. Mm-hmm. It comes back to the thing, like, how can you tell me how I feel? Yeah. 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 It's like, you don't have to tell me that it's wrong that... People are getting their necks broken by police officers who have had little or no fucking training. You don't have to tell me that it's wrong that they're giving a badge to anybody and not training them and they're allowing them to go out there and basically take out their frustrations and their personal lives on citizens. You don't have to tell me that it's wrong that people have been unjustly tried and unjustly treated by our society. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me that shit. Like, I I don't need you to remind me that Black Lives Matter. I know that Black Lives Matter. I'll do anything and everything that I can to help push us forward. Um, I'll do anything for anybody. And it's nuts to me that, like... The biggest irony is now I understand in some weird way what it's like to... I don't know how to say it, man. It's... I now I know what it feels like to be bigoted against in a minute way. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Very small way. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm going to get killed by a police officer tomorrow. I realize there's a big difference between that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. But, but sharing somewhat of an experience, like we were saying earlier, you can't mm-hmm. you can't wholeheartedly feel how somebody's feeling, but you can share with what your experience has been with that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's just nuts to me because, like, it is. Because, like, I never really thought about the race thing until I was told that I had to think about the race thing. Yes. Yes. See, I'm the same way. I was, I I mean, even where I live now is in the undeveloped part of town. Where you at? Uh, Just right on the west side. Just right by, kind of like, not by the river, but more towards, like, West 5th and stuff. 
Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. staying over on West 5th for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I've lived there my whole life. I went to the yeah. schools around there. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in that community. Mm-hmm. So I, I was the same way. That was never a problem. <clears throat> yeah. Like, my, my dad was the same way. Like, so, like, there was no difference all it was is that you look a little bit different than i do but we're still both human fucking beings yeah Yeah. like we're just kids fucking having fun going to school together yeah you know playing sports together like it's not a big fucking deal yeah Yeah. until it was yeah it's almost like it's really weird it's like um it reminds me of like the toddler that just learned a new bit of information, so they now they want to come up and share it with you. Yeah, it's like, did you know this gospel? Who? Like, did you know that Black Lives Matter? I'm like, well, where the fuck have you been? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck. I actually remember whenever I was a kid, I went to Memphis, and uh, it's weird. It's weird, man, because um, I I've stood in the room, the Ottoman Ballroom, where Malcolm X was shot. Mm. I have a picture in there. And there's only two times that I've ever traveled where I was overwhelmed with emotion. The first time was whenever I was I stood where John Lennon was shot outside of his home. Mm-hmm. I've went there and I stayed in the Bronx for a little while in 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I don't I don't think yeah. it was 2019. It couldn't have been. It was 2018, and I went around and I trekked around Harlem and I trekked around the Bronx and I trekked and I trekked all those places. Yeah. And so I stopped off at the Audubon where Malcolm X was killed. And that was the second time because the the autobiography of Malcolm X, regardless of whatever you think about his politics, that book, if I suggest one book to you, you read that book because what it is, is it's a person's let's take Allah and the Muslim movement and all that radicalism and you take all that racially charged shit that he was known for and put that to the side for a second. What you have is the perfect memoir of a person who was on a journey that was beyond his comprehension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there was a passage in there where he was talking about how whenever he first joined the nation of, nation of Islam, where he had trekked to Mecca and it was kind of like, an unwritten dream of all Muslims to go trek to Me- to Mecca, and whenever he was secluded in this Muslim world in New York and Philadelphia and all these little mosques that he was traveling to, speaking on behalf of the great Ma- uh, great Elijah Muhammad, who was over who was over all of that, mm-hmm. he was in a very secluded predominantly african-american community and the only time that they were that they would do any kind of dealings with white americans was whenever they needed them for a business leaning or something they needed somebody to sign their loan because nobody was going to give money to a black man yeah Yeah. that kind of shit so he whenever he trekked to mecca what happened was when he got there he thought that he was just going to be amongst his own people and whenever he got to mecca and he got there and he kneeled down to pray he said that he got when he got up the first time after his first prayer he just happened to look over and he noticed that there was a white man praying beside him and then he goes back down and he happens to look up and he looks over here and he happens to notice that there's a man there's a there's a man of oriental descent two rows down on this side so that his illusion of Nobody else believes or feels or, or believes the way that we do 
was smashed in that instance at the feet of God, in his opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so that book was a perfect, perfect representation of a person's spiritual struggles through life mm-hmm. up until their death. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I have to check that one out. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think this is where we're going to wrap this up. This has been a great conversation. To It has been one of my top three. Absolutely. It's been wonderful. You guys have a beautiful and welcoming home. Thank and you. And I appreciate all the, all the hospitality and wonderful conversation and everything else that has come with this. If there is one or two things that you guys could let or want people to take away from this conversation, what would it be? Ooh. Go. <laughs> Love and light. God. <laughs> he's cringed immediately. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going, oh, good God. I just want to take away from this the thing that I want people to know is like <laughs> um, support the businesses and support the people that you claim to want to support whenever you share your shit on Facebook for likes. You know, supporting people requires more than posting a meme that says, you know, support local business and don't give your stimulus check to the Chinese (laughs) and all this stupid shit. Like, if you're going to post it, be about it. Because whenever you don't, people lose respect for you. And whenever Mm -hmm. you don't, you're showing people that it's an idea and it's not a reality. And support people like my dude over here on the other side of the table. And you may think it's stupid. You may think it's pointless. You may think it's just people yakking. But this is an outlet for some people. And um, I want to see you do great fucking things because I think you got the, the yeah. capacity to do it. 100%. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah. I, I appreciate all of your guys' art. I see Thank it you. all the time. I love seeing yeah. it post up on my feed. And it's just... It's a great, great thing to see. Basically, things people doing things that I can't fucking do at all. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> well, look, man, don't look like. Don't say that because I'm gonna give you the flip side of that coin. All right, like, I'll tell you a funny story real fast. Like, I because I didn't know you so well. Yeah. And she was talking about my sense of humor and how people kind of get rubbed the wrong way about by me sometimes like every single time you post something in the gym i want to talk so much shit to you. <laughs> yeah. like like i want to sit there and be like this motherfucker's flexing again while my fat ass is sitting over eating a honey bun like getting winded going to the bathroom and i'm like <laughs> man, like fuck this motherfucker with his fucking big ass muscles i'm gonna go in i'm gonna, i was like i just want to run up in the gym and hit him one time <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you gonna do now where's your camera motherfucker but like <laughs> Post that, bitch. That's right. right. That's right. But like, uh, the flip side of that, man, is like you—you you have a great determination and a tenacity yeah. that that I aspire to have. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't count yourself, don't sell yourself short, man, because you're inspiring people in ways that you don't realize. Yeah, and for sure. that's that's something I always hope to do. You know, yeah. just I mean, in whatever aspect it is, you know, I was when it comes to especially my fitness journey, I was a fucking string bean, bro. Yeah. You know, I played a volleyball tournament. And I was like, I'm not jumping as high as I normally do. So I literally was like, all right, I'm going to start going to the gym and then went every day for yeah. almost two years now. 
you know. And yeah. I mean, just like you said, like you see the videos and the pictures that I post. This is two years into a journey, and I'm finally getting to where I want right. to be at. So put that on the flip side of whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. You know, after mm-hmm. doing something so so consistently for two years, where could you be at? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that's one of the main reasons that I post videos. Like, if I can get in there and do it, then so can you. Absolutely. You know, I was just one guy that decided to go every day and hold myself accountable every day. Yeah. I have watched this beautiful yeah. transformation real quick. Um, the director of a treatment center that I went to, well, she used to be, she used to be around like, I'm not going to say that she was X amount because I don't want to offend her, but I also don't want to get it wrong. Sure. But at one point, I would feel comfortable saying that she was like 280, 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. And she's like five foot three. Yeah. Okay. She was this just big. And you could tell like she just was not happy. Yeah. So one day she finally got fucking sick of it. And this has been about two years. And she started this fucking weight loss journey. Now she weighs about a hundred and. 60 pounds. She's in the best shape she's ever been in. And she could fucking run circles around anybody in this room. Mm -hmm. And to watch Mm -hmm. her transformation after sticking with it, like you're discussing, like you're talking about, it is absolutely fucking beautiful. And I have nothing but respect for her. That's awesome. Because um, I will say, starting tomorrow, like you said, technically it's Monday now. But um, starting on Monday, it will be week 11 that my older brother has been in the gym with me. Yeah, You know, um, even if we're not in there together at the same time, he is still going. And he is, he's also a lot taller than I am. I don't know where the fuck he got that from. (laughs) No, we have different moms, but fuck you, Zach, for being a lot taller than me. Um, um, You know, he's a lot taller than me. He's also a bigger bone dude. Yeah. And he started his journey, like I said, almost 11 weeks ago. Uh And he has, I mean, just even now, just in 11 weeks is completely transformed himself like yeah. he he looks the same but he also looks so different yeah you know what i'm saying because once you change your life around like that yeah. things start sculpting in a mm-hmm. different way and your essence changes too. absolutely we're not oh, even talking yeah. physicality anymore we're talking there's a fire in your eye there's a glow in your skin yeah. there's a fucking skip in your step that you didn't have before because you're comfortable in your skin and you're confident yes mm-hmm. i i will say 2020 i had a lot of oral surgery done mm-hmm. um I promise you, like, if you do a lot of research, you can go back in my pictures and see that I don't smile in my pictures mm-hmm. at all. Well, what, well, what was the deal? What, what was I just deal? had really bad teeth, man. Mm-hmm. No particular yeah. reason? Just like... Uh, I mean, I didn't take care of them when I was younger, and I also, like, my mom's side of the family had, like, low calcium in their teeth. Yeah. So it just made it even worse. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I decided to get it fixed, and, bro, I couldn't tell you how much more comfortable... In my life and in my body for that sure. I feel. So to for anybody to feel like that, like, yeah, I, why wouldn't you want to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I almost say condemn. That's a complete wrong fucking word. <laughs> um, I appreciate anybody that takes the time and effort to become the person that would make them happy. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you don't support anybody wanting to do something that makes them happy, then you just need to shut the fuck up and go fuck yourself. Absolutely. Yep. No, don't even go fuck yourself because then you're going to come at the end and that's slightly rewarding. You need to go ahead and take a razor blade and slide it down the middle of it. Fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. You deserve no pleasure. None at all. Whatsoever. Yeah. All right. Perfect way to end this conversation, guys.
Thanks for tuning in. Thank I you. appreciate you guys for giving me this time. I appreciate you for hanging in with me and not giving up yeah. on me. Fuck Thank that. you. Yeah. And wonderful conversation, guys. This Thank is great. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Peace.